Who am I? Naomi is the new hit series that's got all the buzz. You have power I have never felt before. Critics are calling it unbelievably charming. Captivating. A delight to watch. Casey Walpole couldn't be more perfect as Naomi. You ready? The question is, are you ready? Get ready to see why. I don't know what is happening to me. Are you a superhero? Superheroes aren't real. What if they are? Naomi, only tonight on The CW. Tonight at 9, only on DCW 50, Washington CW. Podeskew Podcast is a founding member of the Odd Pods Media Network. I'm Midnight Agent Raw. And I'm Okami. We are the Super Media Bros Podcast. And each week, we give a comedic take on all forms of entertainment, such as movies, music, video games, television, and much more. So put your shades on and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Shades on. We're on. Podeskew Podcast, I am CJ, and with me as always is my hetero life mate, Ray Rico. What's up, man? What's up, motherfucker? Can I say always? Can I still say always? I think I can. I think we have to. I, I think I, we just have to stick I, with it. <laughs> I'm think, fucking with you, dude. Not. How's it going, man? Um, I'm good, dude. I actually, I got something to tell you. So, well, you're a, bachelor, my... you're a bachelor for the week. Yeah, well, there, there, there's that. Um. God damn it, Steph keeps leaving me. Once I keep fucking getting comfortable, <laughs> she fucking hightails her out of here. But, you know, I mean, she's I coming would. back in a week. Oh, fuck you, you know. <laughs> but she's got to come back because she's she likes this apartment. So, yeah. Um, well, not so not only that, but also one of my dad's tenants is also moving out, like the cottage in the back. Okay. So as of now, I'm going to pretty much be my dad's only source of income, but that's beside the point. Um, the tenant's boyfriend, really interesting, cool dude, like really friendly. And he and I talk about movies. I hung out with him briefly as he was coming to grab some more shit. And we were talking movies and podcasts and stuff like that. And he said, what's your podcast? And I showed him the, the logo and he said, I know you guys. I was like, really? I was like, are you <laughs> That's sure you're awesome. not just looking? I was like, are you sure you're not just looking at the back of my car with the fucking sticker? He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. no, dude, I, I. He's like, I think I like I come across your podcast all the time when I search like new podcasts, and I had no idea that was you. I'm like, well, yeah, most don't. Well, I mean, motherfucker looks like you. <laughs> That's what I say. He's like, oh my god, there's a you, and I'm like, yeah, the fat one. He's like, I mean, yeah, but <laughs> uh, but we talked for like a good twenty minutes. I was giving him some fucking you know background on on um, on episodes and stuff. On episodes and titles Neat. and shit like that. And we were talking. He's like, I'm going to start listening. He's like, I'm going to listen to this on my way back to moving all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, you still won't be done with one episode by the time you get to your new place. Like, no. I think it's long. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's awesome, man. That's pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty interesting that like, you know, we're getting hopefully that kind of exposure. Um, 
we're, we have I have some things in the works via Odd Pods that might help us out too, but I don't want to announce those yet because they're okay. very preliminary. But fingers crossed. Um, one thing might we well can announce. Dicks. What's that? Might as well cross dicks while we're at it. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing we can announce since we uh, made the official announcement on the most recent Get Vocal we did, um, we will be doing our New Year's, New Excuse Eve, I'm really got to get used to saying that, uh, show that we've done every year for the last two years. Um, we're going to be doing it live on Get Vocal this year, which is going to be w- way more fun, I think, just having like crowds and people coming in and out and whatever, so... Well, based on how last week went, where I kind of just got increasingly more drunk, if you want to see that on New Year's, you actually handled you yourself well, though. I've I I even said that like they're like, is he okay? I'm like, oh yeah, this is nothing compared to the Fifth Element. <laughs> no, no, the Fifth Element was straight up whiskey. I was, I was, Steph was like, you were hilarious last night. I was like, because I did not feel hilarious when I woke up the next morning. I'm sure you didn't. Yeah. Like, I woke up at 6. It was, like, I hate it when, like, you drink and then you wake up ungodly early for no fucking reason. Yep. And it's, like, heartburn, <laughs> and, and it's not even like I got to piss. It's just, like, I just wake up, and I'm like, why? Why have I forsaken myself? What, what am I... <laughs> What is my internal clock trying to tell me? Right. But I was like, what do you mean I was funny? You're like, you weren't even on Give Vocals. Like, no, I was watching and listening to everything else. Apparently, I was I was drunk, and I was like, because we have hardwood floors, I'm like running in, sliding on my socks, like fucking Tom Cruise and Risky Business, like just sliding around the fucking apartment, drunk and laughing and that's funny because you, you, you maintained pretty well on the show. I got to be honest. Like on, on Good Vocal, no, you really did. Like you maintained pretty well. And then, <laughs> and it, dude, I had to, even because we were on Todd's show by the time this happened. We were done Potaskew. We were over on Todd's show. And <laughs> I as soon as you're like, you just got real close to the camera and you're like, guys, I got to go. Click yeah. and you were gone. And I just, if you go find the VOD, I just bust out laughing. And they're like, What's so funny? I'm like, Yep, that's he's right on the edge. So, oh, yeah. yeah. That's exactly what I'm uh, just like, because I kept getting that kind of like wave yeah. of, uh, Okay, this is that was one, <laughs> that was one Jack Daniels too many. I thought I had maintained. And then it just creeped up on me and yeah. bitch slapped me. Yeah, yeah. I hate when it and does. You, that. I knew you knew it. I knew yeah. you had seen it. I was like, well, no, I right. didn't. I didn't see it until you said that. But when I looked at you and you said that, I was like, "Yep." <laughs> at one point, I started to like fade, and I actually slapped myself in the face. I'm like, "All right, let's wake up." <laughs> but um, and then I just like I I, I I remember I was awake for like. Maybe another 45 minutes. You probably could have hung out then because I think we were on for another 45 minutes to an hour or oh, so. Oh, no. But... I, I could barely speak at that no, point. Well, I, I was, mean, you could have was... just listened. But sure, I get the point. Um, but I, I toasted some marshmallows. Oh, dear. And, and I did it. Never a good idea to be drunk and toast no. marshmallows and no. make s'mores and shit. Yeah, no. <laughs> I didn't realize. So when I pulled the – I used a fork. And I didn't realize it. But when I scraped the fucking – marshmallow onto the gram yeah 
I, 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 I stuck it in my mouth to lick off the remnant shit. Ow. Burnt my fucking lip, but I yeah. didn't realize it because I was so drunk and I was so numb. Next morning, I was like, I, uh, fuck, my lip was like, like right here yeah. on the left side, just like <laughs> was swollen. And I was like, oh, fuck. I, um, I, so I, I, on the day after I got my new phone, um, and so when <laughs> I'm sitting at the AT&T store picking up my phone when I get the t- and they just finished switching everything over so the first text I get on my new phone is you going I passed out and I'm like <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I and it's so funny because like I I went, so I went to the, the AT&T store and I was, and it was a little chilly here on Saturday so I'm wearing my Potaskew hoodie and I, you know, for face mask, I have my pot of skew mask. So I was sitting there talking to the guy, really nice dude, R&B singer. He actually said he's going to check out that he literally like showed me his phone and followed us on Twitter and subscribed and stuff. So hopefully he's listening. Um, and um, I'm going to try to maybe get some of his music incorporated into the pre-show on Get Vocal one, one week. So that'd be pretty neat too. But anyway, um, but... We were, we were literally talking about the show when I got the text. And I'm like, yeah, there's Rico. Uh, yeah. Well, if you remember, you, you, you texted me, I guess, around 1030 at night. And you said, you okay? And I obviously did not respond because I was done. I right. was gone from the world. I was passed the fuck out. So that was how I woke up was, you okay? And then I just, I only had enough to muster i passed say, out like, i passed out and you're yeah. like yeah you did yeah you did <laughs> but hey man you had and that was time. it that was all we spoke the entire day you yeah. just let me fucking i just let you have you your know, recovery yeah yeah um, my little and, fermented... well that and i knew stuff was leaving so i wanted to kind of give you time there too ah, but yeah. um in any event getting back to the point though so we will we will be live new year's eve on get vocal um I, I I can't say sober is likely, but it'll be I, our third intervention. Yeah, let's just be um, I I do I well listen. Last year, uh, you know, despite my first year, last year I got a nice buzz on, but I was way better than year one last year. So I got I got oh you got wrecked time. on red wine. Yeah, so never a good idea because when no. you throw up, it looks like looks you're like, throwing up yeah. blood. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. Like oh my god. <laughs> Um, but we did get some people said they were going to show up and that's, that's going to be fun. And, um, we'll do our, our, our annual bloopers outtakes reel, which is honestly, Rico, I don't know what this says about us. If it's a good thing or a bad thing, it's a lot fucking shorter than it has been the last two years. So maybe, maybe instead of just bloopers, you should incorporate like some of the best jokes. Well, no, I do. I do. I try to incorporate things that are oh, just maybe funny. Not that funny anymore. Yeah, I guess not. Um, I, uh, listen, I, I will say that, um, I got three out of our last episode with Jess that I put in there. Um, and huge thanks to Jess. She was fantastic. It was really a lot of fun. Um, it's really a lot of fun talking to her about Mel Brooks and stuff. Like it, it really was. I had a good time. And when I was listening back to it, when I was editing, it was it was still as entertaining. So you I'm know. not gonna lie, man. It, it put me on a serious fucking Mel Brooks kick. I'm sure it did. Well, I, I I don't know if I mentioned it because I I was drunk, but I watched a fucking amazing documentary on HBO Max. I think you texted me about it, but I don't think you brought it up on Get Vocal. 
Dude, you need to watch it. It's called Mel Brooks Unplugged, I think is what it's called. Okay. And it's it's a pseudo-documentary interview over the course of like 40 years where it's the same BBC interviewer huh. throughout. Like, it's like interchangeable, like different parts of different timelines going from like 1980-something and all the way up to 2019. Mel to Brooks... The point Unwrapped? Does that sound unwrapped? There okay. it is. Yeah. yeah, to the point where it shows Mel and this BBC guy going over to Carl Reiner's house and having dinner. And you did bring this up. I don't remember if you brought it up on Get Vocal or somewhere else, but we have talked about that. I do remember you mentioning that. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, it's it's not like it doesn't cover his whole life, but it covers some of the interesting parts. Like they don't really talk about Anne Bancroft. It shows like a five second, 12 second montage of just her. Right. And then that's it. They never mentioned how she was an influence. They never mentioned her death in 2005 or so. They just don't talk seven. about it. I think it was seven when we looked up what? last week. Anyway. Yeah. I get the point yeah. though. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's just Mel. That's for, all it is. For the listeners, it's called Mel Brooks Unwrapped. It's only an hour and ten minutes, so it's not a long commit, but it's it's worth it, I'm sure. Um, if it's Mel, it's, it's, it, yeah. Especially to see just the chemistry between Carl Reiner and Mel. Oh. Just to see Mel Brooks at 90-fuck years old driving on his own. Yeah. Like, that well, was kind of like, holy shit. Like, well, he's just, he has not slowed down. And if you want that same kind of thing with Reiner, I'm not saying don't watch this documentary. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm sure it's great. But there, there's an episode, and I know I've brought this up. I'm positive I brought this up on the show once, but I don't remember what episode. Um, the Seinfeld show, uh, getting uh, comedians in the cars, getting coffee. I think it's called the. You know that that show he comedians does. Comedians in cars drinking coffee. I think it's. I think actually, it's getting I, coffee. It, but anyway, either you way, you right. Whatever the fucking way, yeah. thing with Seinfeld and the coffee and blah blah blah. Right. He did one with the episode was actually with. Um, I think it was Reiner, but he ends that up. But but at Will the end, by the end of the episode, he ends up at Mel's house eating dinner with them, watching Jeopardy like they do every <laughs> night, and it's just a really cool. So you want and and you get a lot of that. Like Jerry, to his credit, and this is not me saying anything bad about Jerry, but Jerry, to his credit, just shuts the fuck up and <laughs> lets Carl and Mel. Carl and Mel, and it's really yeah. pretty neat. So I, I I recommend that too if you're a big Mel Brooks fan. Um, and if you and I'll, and last plug about the Mel Brooks stuff, and then we'll move on. But also I will say, um, if you've listened to the episode and you enjoyed it, please go give Jess some love because I know she was really kind of like I wasn't very good and this that and the third, and she was fantastic. So please go give oh, Jess some good. love. Yeah, she was awesome, um, and we really appreciated her coming on. So. But this week, um, well, before we get there, actually, and I'm going to tie this together, um, one of the things on HBO Max I want to watch, because they just dropped it on Max like in the last two weeks, I'm pretty certain it's new to Max, is Titans. They used to be over on the DC app. And I hear the show as a whole is not great, but that first episode is supposed to be killer good. So I want to at least watch that. So, weirdly, you and I didn't discuss this. Nope. But by pure coincidence, I started watching with the first four episodes. Okay. I hear, I, like so I said, I, I hear episode one is killer good, and it just kind of goes downhill. But. Um, I, I liked the fourth episode most of all. Okay. 
Okay. First episode is really kind of noteworthy because without spoiling too much, it shows Robin take down a bunch of thugs. And before he does, they are all looking for Batman because there's Robin. There must be Batman. Sure. So he fucks up all these guys. And then he says, fuck Batman. Oh, it's one of those fucking shows. Oh, shit. I believe it was in the trailer, too. So I know you're not spoiling anything anyway. I'm pretty certain I was in the trailer. Um, uh, there are some things that I'm like, like, I don't like the look of certain characters. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. I've heard it a lot. There's, I've heard there's more wrong than there is right. Like I said, and I'd heard the first episode was the best. Now I'm not saying you're wrong about four, but I'm just saying that's what I'd heard. So four I liked because it clearly, uh, sets up the doom patrol. Okay. Show. Okay. Which I was more interested in watching than Which Titans. I've heard is good. I haven't watched that yet, but I hear that's good. In all honesty, I'm only going to watch it for Brendan Fraser. Yeah, yeah. I hear he's doing a really good job with that. So we'll see. Um, in that same realm, before we get into tonight's topic, but it is all kind of related because we are going to be dealing with comic books. Surprise. But there is a twist. Um, but the other thing to talk about is they announced... I want to say last week, Rico, not coming into the week we're in now, but the, the week prior, um, Wonder Woman 84 is going to be in theaters on Christmas Day in the cities that are allowing theaters due to COVID and all that, you know, nonsense. But it won't be here then. But they're also releasing it on HBO Max the same day. Free of charge. Now, what I mean by free of charge is if you have an HBO Max subscription. So you have to pay for the HBO Max subscription, but there's not an additional cost to get Wonder Woman. So Uh I know what I'm doing with my Christmas day. (laughs) I'm telling you that right now. I'll probably wake up, make some coffee, and turn on Wonder Woman. So uh, I'm actually excited to see it. Like, I want to see... How it how it pans out. I want to see what they do with it. Who, do you happen to know offhand who's directing it, Rico? Because I know it's not Snyder, right? Zach's not involved in it's, this. It's uh, Patty Jenkins. Oh, it is. Well, and she did the first one, but wasn't Zach Snyder involved in the first one in some capacity? I thought. No. All right. Well, maybe, then never mind. Maybe as a producer, but that was about it. Okay. Okay. Well, then I'm getting my my stuff confused in my head, so my apologies. Um. So that'll be that'll be good to watch on Christmas. That's giving me something to look forward to for Christmas this year. <laughs> Because I already got you'll have, a, you'll have a wonderful Christmas. Ah. You'll, you'll have a, a, Chris, a Christmas day full of wonder. There you go. Because um, I already have my Christmas present. I got that two weeks ago. So that's my Christmas <laughs> present is done for the for the year already. It's fucking worth it. But yeah. Um, yeah, I got myself an apartment. That's that, no, that's that's, that's that, pretty big. That's yeah. my Christmas. That's my birthday. That's Chris, Steph's Christmas. That's Steph's birthday for a while. For the next like three years, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's how long we live here. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, but landlord's kind of a dick. But you know what? Well, you yeah, that guy. He's got some kind of weird things about Jehovah's Witnesses. But anyway, um, <laughs> family's not much better. <laughs> yeah, I know those those assholes. Um. Joel, my brother Joel texted me. He's like, "How are the new digs?" I'm like, "It's great." He's like, "How's the land? How's the landlord?" I'm like, "He's kind of a loudmouth motherfucker." <laughs> he gets drunk and stops around, and and he doesn't he doesn't hear us. We bang on the roof. Like, hey, shut up up there. <laughs> um, I went up and I told him, and I'm like, "Dad, you are fucking loud." He's like, "No, nah, it's the dog." 
fuck you. I know four legs compared to two yeah. fucking stompy ones, motherfucker. I know um, it's the dog because the dog will walk and then collapse, like lay down. She's like, right. she's just done with life. She's like, ah, and then flump on the ground. That's how I know that's Sophia. Ron fucking slumbers around, gets in his chair, scrapes the chair to scoot forward. I'm like, there's that. He's sitting down. That's funny. Um, but getting... right, motherfucker, what are we here for? Well, that's what I was trying to get there, and then you got no Ron story, for fuck's sake. Well, I'm, I deal with noir things, so, you know, <laughs> Ron's did. the biggest noir motherfucker ever. Yeah, so what we are getting into is, like I said, comic book related. What we're going to be talking about today are unconventional comics and more so graphic novels that have come out that have been turned into movies. So um, there's quite we a few we're going to... What's that? And we mean more. And we mean more, yeah. Um, we're, we're diving into um, quite a few, but I think the, the, the primary ones we're focusing on in terms of, of um, graphic mo- novels are Sin City, Watchmen, Wanted, and to a lesser extent, V for Vendetta. Um, and there's a couple others we'll, we'll touch on, I'm sure, but those are like the primary four. So um, the first question I have for you, sir, is... And I'm almost positive that it's going to be different. But of the of those four films, so forget the. If you run a business, Bank of Clark County has you covered, offering cash management services to automate and simplify your business banking, streamlined digital banking, and merchant payment processing. That's a one stop solution. Plus, Bank of Clark offers corporate credit cards that help you optimize capital, organize expenses, and enhance your business. Whether you're looking to earn points faster or lower your APR, Bank of Clark County has the card that's right for you. Member FDIC. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors about bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals, and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals, and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Uh, the the graphics, the right. comics or whatever. Which were you, was your, can you rank them out in like favorite to uh, least favorite? So the first, the four, because I have others listed, but you're talking about Sin City, Wanted, V for Vendetta, and Watchmen? Yeah, if you want to add the other ones into the list, if you want them, that's fine. Sure. Um. Well, I got Constantine and League of Extraordinary Gentlemen as well. Okay. And, and both See, Constantine those... is the odd man out because he's technically DC, and we're sort of going non-DC or Marvel. Well, I, like, not... City is not DC or Marvel. No, but Watchmen is. Watchmen's DC, technically. Is it? Is yeah. it technically yeah. DC? Okay. Yeah. Um, it's just, uh, so it's just the... like Elseworlds DC. It's like that kind of thing. It's over here where like Superman's over here. You know. So. Before I give you my answer, actually, I didn't realize it, but the opening segment of, uh, Watchmen actually features like a glance and miss it kind of scenario where the first night owl stops a mugging. Yeah. And it's fucking Bruce Wayne and his parents. So it's the it's the introduction that it's Night Owl prevents the murder of Martha and Thomas Wayne 
and thus negating the whole point of Batman. And yet there's a sequence, and I think it might be the same sequence, where there's the bat the for cover of the first Batman on the wall. Like, there's, like, posters. I think that's in that sequence. So right. they're showing tribute, like, hey, it's Batman, but we're negating the whole point of Batman. You know, but, it's funny. Right, so my, yeah, no, no, please. It's a, but it's funny you mention that, because I, I didn't catch that. Like, I'm about to actually pull up the... The opening sequence to look for that while you're talking. Um, so, out of the first four, um, I would rank it Sin City, uh, V for Vendetta, Wanted, and then Watchmen. I, and, and really, I like the first three. Um, I would lump Constantine after Wanted. No, I'd actually put up. I mean, see, I like Wanted, but I liked Constantine a little bit more. And League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I would put underneath Watchmen. So Watchmen's not the worst one I've seen, but I will state this. I know I'm unpopular in the sense of not liking Watchmen. I also did not really get the graphic novel. I just kind of felt like both the, the graphic novel and the adaptation were just flashy, pretentious um, works. And it's, it's like looking at a, a piece of art and I just, it's just, meh, you know, different strokes for different folks. I have more trouble with Zack Snyder not really, like, trying something new. Like, I mean, I get it's a faithful adaptation, to a, despite the fact that Alan Moore hates it. But I'm watching Watchmen, and I'm like, holy fuck, I just, it's, it's Batman v Superman. It's Justice League. It's the same gray dark skies and i get like i like a good noir story but see and i think but... that's the difference between watchmen and batman v superman and and to a lesser extent justice league is watchmen should be that do you know what i'm saying like watchmen should be dark and gray and for lack of a better batman phrase v uncomfortable superman should be that when it's just batman when it's Superman, it should be bright and fucking colorful. Right, right. Well, that's what I'm saying. But like Batman v Superman is that way almost all the way through, and that's where is and that doesn't play. But um, it's, it's also a lot of the okay thematic sequences that are very similar. Not to mention, I didn't even fucking realize this when uh, Night Owl two and whatever the fuck I can't remember her fucking name Silk when they're Spectre. fucking not Silk Spectre. Yeah. When they're fucking on the owl ship, right. the music is Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. Yeah. That is the same fucking song that has been playing nonstop for all the trailers for Zack Snyder's Justice League. Well, I mean, if, if that may not be him, though. I don't know if he did. No, he definitely loves that fucking song. So I'm, I'm looking at the sequence you're talking about, but with... The original Owlman. I've got it up on the screen here. Um, you're you're not wrong that I think I agree with you, except there's only one thing you don't see is you don't see Bruce. I see what would I would equate to Alfred. I see Thomas and Martha, but I don't see Bruce. Are there, are there pearls? Yeah. No, no. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 believing that it is because it even says the Gotham Opera House on the wall. Yep. So it's it's definitely and and the Batman cover I'm talking about is on the same wall. So right. what does that tell you? But yeah, yeah. Um, 
Look, I will state this. I think Alan Moore is a fucking fantastic writer. Yeah. And I just think Watchmen, like the film, felt way too fucking long. Like, well, Batman it, v Superman felt it's, long. Yeah. Watchmen's 245. But it has Batman. So I'm like, I'm still into it. And I'm still interested in what the fuck is going on. I'm still trying to figure out what the fuck happened in that goddamn movie. Well, I mean, I feel like Owlman, you know, is a a form of of Batman. He really oh, for is. Sure. I mean, let's let's be honest. Uh, I never understood why the opposite of Batman is the Joker, apart from dark and then colorful and sure. moody and maniacal and you know, really the the sworn enemy of a bat should be an owl. So, yeah. Which is why I thought it interesting that Night Owl is a thing, because it's like, hey, it's another Cape Crusader, it's another, you know, night kind of creature thing. With a bunch of tech. He doesn't really have any superpowers, He's it's all tech. I mean... Which I... See, that was one of the problems I had with Watchmen, was how... I appreciate how um, Patrick Wilson looked kind of out of shape, and slightly overweight, and looked like he hadn't been crime-fighting in, in years. Eight years. But he's but he still kicks the fuck out of all these people when he and Silk Spectre are just, like, knocking out all these fucking dudes. Like, he didn't even, like, stumble. I, I didn't feel like he was out of shape. I think he was just built big. He's a big, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't feel like he was out of shape. No, no, he When he's, like, got his glasses and shit, he's, like, got a little bot belly. Like, he actually grew, like, he packed on, like, 30 pounds to be a little overweight. Okay. I mean, I he's very different than what he is as Orm. Oh, well, sure. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tight, airy, and fucking blonde and shit. Angry. Um, yeah. Angry. Um, look, there there are parts of all of Alan Moore's shit that I'm kind of like, but I don't know if that's the film adaptations because it's been a very long time. Like, I think most consistently the only recent, the only graphic novel of his that I've reread continuously is probably The Killing Joke. Which I could see that. It's fantastic. But it's, let, yeah. going back to Watchmen for a minute, let me ask you this. And I'm just throwing out a, a, a hypothesis, if you will. But is is the Watchmen not connecting with you from an age perspective, do you think? Because like I lived through 1985. Now, 1985 I lived through was obviously very different than the 1985 depicted it in the Watchmen. However, there are aspects... Of that, and I'm not talking like pop culture stuff. I'm talking about some of the other things, that, the the pertinent parts of the story that were very prominent in 1985. You know, and I don't know if it's an 80s thing because I I have I have and can appreciate the 80s, sure. even though I was late on them. Yeah. Um, I think I'm just not a fan of the film because it feels like they're trying to. They do shove everything in, like it, I I believe not, that they shoved. They t- they left the almost, octopus. They left the octopus out, and that's the thing that a lot of people get pissed off about. The the, okay. the novel ends with Doctor Manhattan fighting this gigantic fucking octopus on Mars, like a Cthulhu type of octopus. Yeah, thingy? like okay. I I think um, I think it's more octopus than Cthulhu, but yeah, essentially. So I also. As a logical standpoint, I find it kind of insane that Dr. Manhattan lives on Mars. Like, he's supposed to be 
super fucking smart. Well, he doesn't live on Mars. That's where he retreated to to get away from. With the intent that he might just camp out there after Earth is destroyed. So he's essentially doing. He's like he's he's you know he's checking out his locations, you know, so to speak. Shopping around, yeah. As you yeah, do. you know, location, location, location. Yeah. But like, you know, Mars has a lot of fucked up weather, like freezing fucking nights and blistering fucking days. Did did it, did it really appear to you that Doctor Manhattan was affected by anything like that, even on Earth? None whatsoever. I'm talking about. It doesn't really show. It doesn't show like the it, Mars just looks like 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 a like a Sahara. Well, by I Zach mean, Snyder's estimation. I mean, let's be real. Even for the movie The Martian, they shot it in the Gobi Desert in Africa. So I mean, like, well, but but that made, they they kept with the fucking high winds and the, and the freezing cold and blah, blah blah. It just didn't. I don't know. I just the point of weird fucking... the point of Doctor Manhattan. The point of the movie is not Doctor Manhattan on Mars. Let's be real about that. So I no, it's yeah. it's showing Doctor Manhattan's fucking blue cock on <laughs> like uh, an obscene amount. Yeah, like you re- I'm curious, but I'm like, you would expect it to be you'd grow that thing a little bit bigger. Yeah, it's a li- it's a little unproportionate to be honest. Is he with just you. blue because he's cold? Is that the uh, fuck I it mean, is? It like, could, or or he's just not getting enough. Like instead of blue balls, he's just blue. Just one giant blue ball. <laughs> uh, I mean, no, he was getting some. He was multitasking. Yeah. Um, he was. Yeah. He had a fucking gangbang with Silk Spectre, and I was just like, and he's still working. I'm just like, Dang. with Silk Silk Spectre and himself it was really the gangbang. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's just off on the keyboard, just, I gotta save the I, planet. I, I mean, for, for me, even though you have all these different characters, for me, it's always been about Rorschach. Mm-hmm. You know, I fucking love that character. And the thing I love about Rorschach, and, and spoilers, guys, so if you haven't watched The Watchmen or gone and read the novel, do you see Rorschach? A whole lot more than you realize if you've never seen this thing before. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because you see a lot of Rorschach without his mask on before you know that it's Rorschach. Well, I did. I I, I already. I knew, knew it too. Because, well, yeah, I knew it too. Because but. I I know the I know the actor. Um, and I'm blanking on his fucking name. It's a three name type of thing. But, yeah, it is. Um, yeah, yeah. I got it for you. I know him because he was Freddy Krueger in the reboot. He was. Yep. Um, he was also in Bad News Bears. Yes, which I've never seen actually. Um, but and he's he's phenomenal as Rorschach. A lot of what he says, I don't agree with. There's a lot of misogynist shit. In, yeah. in this. Well, I mean, um, you also have to think about the time a that it was written in the time period that it's supposed to be depict depicting. You know what I mean? Look, I'm not going to go as far as saying Alan Moore is a misogynist or a sexist. I don't know. I don't know. I think I think you could write evil characters and not necessarily be Agreed. 100% evil. Agreed. In, unless you're J.K. Rowling. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, like, like, I'll give you what I am most upset about V for Vendetta, okay? Well, wait. We're, why, wait why, wait, why, why did you jump to V for Vendetta? Because it's Alan Moore. It goes with my whole point. All right. The problem I have with V for Dead, and this is a spoiler for the film and and probably the graphic novel. It's been a very long time. Um, I love V for Vendetta. It's highly fucking entertaining. 
Hugo Weaving is, is phenomenal as V. Natalie Portman yeah, is great. We need to definitely talk about Hugo as V, but we'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. Um, I, I and Stephanie have a fucking huge problem with him, like, imprisoning her, kidnapping her, torturing her. Like, yeah, you can argue it makes her a stronger person, and she's a fighter now, and blah, blah, blah. But he kind of does shit that's going to be hard to ever overcome, even if she's like, I'm better this way. Like, Steph pointed out, she's now going to have um, eating disorders for the rest of her life. And Natalie Portman is already thin as fuck anyways. Okay, see, this goes back to that shit where you guys, well, not so much you, but Steph for sure, and I love Steph to death. You know I do, and she knows I do. But the suspension of dis- and the suspension of disbelief, like... It's a fucking... First off, it's a movie character based on a comic book character. Like, you you gotta suspend some disbelief here. You know what I mean? I mean, yes and no. I think she's... Here's the thing. I've, I've always argued, and Steph has always agreed with me, that I'm a bigger feminist than she is. So for her to fucking pull out the feminist flag, like, I'm always like... Good for you, like because you should. You should be fucking proud of being a feminist. Blah, blah, I think blah. I think it makes Evie stronger. To be honest with you, see, I argued with that. I see both sides because I'm like, look, not for nothing, Batman fucked up a lot of Robins, but he made them better fighters. He made them. He gave them the grounds to live their lives. Some of them died, but just you know, Jason, Batman, I believe. Only Jason Todd, uh, I think. Jason did, but like a lot, most of the Robin Batman relationships don't end promising. They always have an argument. They always have a fight. Oh, One well, of them sure. dies. They yeah, always yeah, fuck yeah. off. Yeah, but they're better fighters. I get it, but you know, it's the same argument of like, hey, I'm going to make a big, I'm going to make a great soldier, but he's going to have a huge bunch of PTSD to go with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's her argument. Is like, yeah, okay, he fucking made Natalie Portman. Uh, stronger, less of a weakling. She now appreciates life because she's faced death head on. He still put her through the most traumatic event of her life up to that point. No, I would say second most traumatic. Well, there's, there's the flashback. No, no, he didn't help. But there's that flashback of her parents being, or her being under the bed, and her parents being black bagged right. by Creedy, which I would say is probably still the most traumatic. But yeah, still, still, it. it it made her weak and it made her scared. That's what happened. And yeah. then he imprisoned her and, you know, you know, she, he, I get it. I get both sides. I also, you know, I, I'm, I felt uncomfortable because I know it's Hugo weaving because I can recognize his voice, even though he tried to change his voice a little bit. Yeah. I know, I know what's going on. No, there's that, and, and there's definitely a, a sequence where where the the for lack of a better phrase, the weaving comes out because like he's got a very when he starts getting angry, when he does angry Hugo weaving, his voice has a very distinct sound. Yeah, it's it, when he gets low and sinister. Yeah, as well. Like like there's the the sequence well, Mr. from the Anderson. Well, yeah, that too. But the, the, I'm talking about you know. Um, I'm talking about this. There's a sequence in in the Matrix Three Revo- Revolutions. Revolution. I always get that fucking wrong for some reason. But the one where this, but the sequence where he meets the Oracle for the first time, mm-hmm. and he throws the the co- the plate of cookies against the wall and it smashes, and he goes, 
Yeah, maybe you knew I was going to do that, and maybe you didn't. I mean, if you did, that means you put those cookies there purposefully, meaningfully. But the way he says it's got a very distinct cadence and sound. And and V delivers a a speech like that in the latter part of the film that's not as memorable. So that's why I can't like point out the exact sequence. But it sounds very <laughs> much like that scene. So yeah, you you know it's Hugo, but... Um, I'm, I'm just saying for that one portion, I was kind of like, I get it, but yeah. ew. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, let's let's well, let's talk, let's finish talking up Watchmen a little bit, and we'll double back to V. We'll go right to V. I'm fine with that. But um, I, I just feel like Watchmen was just bloated. I think it. I think I'm more interested in checking out the show because I think it'll be able to convey it better. I hear the show is amazing, and I did watch the first episode, and I did like it. And the only reason I haven't watched the rest of it is just life, honestly. Right. Like, there's, there's no, there's no, I don't want to see it or something like, or I didn't like it. It's nothing like that. It's just life. Um, but I, I will to get your point from earlier, Jackie Earl Haley. Thank you. That's Rorschach. Um, I who delivers one of the best fucking lines in that whole movie. Okay, what what's that? You're wrong. I'm not locked in here with you. You're all locked up in here with me. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because and I was thinking this last night when I was watching it again just to, you know, refresh my memory on the film. I'd seen it a few times up over the years, but um I don't know how he pulled it off, but he pulled off the Batman voice better than Christian Bale did. <laughs> Um, because that is the Batman voice that mm-hmm. Christian Bale's going for in Dark Knight. He does it. We've agreed he does it all right in Batman Begins, but that's the the Dark Knight voice that got it's away. The Monster, yeah. yeah. But 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 Jackie O'Haley gets it. Like it 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 plays. You know. Well, I think they digitally fucked with his voice because he has the exact same gruffness and kind of raspiness that he does in the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street. And I know they tweaked his voice. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe they so did. I think, I think they fucked with it a little bit. They might have. And that's fine. But either way, it it the point is that's what Batman in Dark Knight should have sounded like. Is that's right. the whole point I was going for. Um, but yeah, man, that... Yeah. I, 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 I... Listen, um... We'll we'll get it. We'll keep de-diving these in a minute. But I want to give you mine, my my because I meant to give you my ranking, but we just kind of dove into Watchmen and started talking about it. But um, from a from a enjoy it point of view, I think cause I'm going to give you two lists, and that's just just the way I'm going to do it. But from an enjoyment for me, it's probably and this could flip flop from week to week. I'm not even going to lie to you. It it's probably wanted V for Vendetta. Watchmen and Sin City. Now that's from an enjoyment perspective, not not and and look, that's it. Putting putting Sin City fourth on that list is really not saying a lot because it's really like one one a two two b three maybe. Like it's not really. It, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't. 
That's not me saying I don't like Sin City because I do. I, I watched it and enjoyed it very much. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Wait a minute. I've heard that before. That's the note Jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade. How'd you even know that? Because it's from Geico. Yeah, yeah wait, here it is. Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years because we help save people money. So wait, you're saying Jeremy copied you? <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. We're gathered here today to join Mike and Jill in holy matrimony. So they may file jointly this tax season. And you are? April from Tax Act, the tax filing software with the expert guidance to help you file for less and get more. Works for me. So, Mike, do you take this woman to love, honor, and get her a maximum refund? I do. Jill? Ditto. I now pronounce you married, filing jointly. I always cry at filing status updates. Tax Act. Switch to Tax Act today and start for free. See TaxAct.com for details. Actually, from a perspective of what really feels like a comic book movie like going from that ranking Sin City 1, Watchmen 2, Wanted 3 Viva Vendetta 4 and that's just from the, like when you when you watch Sin City you feel like you're watching an, like a motion comic, like you really do or like you know what that's I mean, true. like it, it, it feels like a comic book when you're watching it um, the closest equivalent I would give you from the MCU, and I can do this in like two seconds, is that sequence in early on in Age of Ultron where it feels like a fucking splash page when all oh, of them yeah, are right. jump, jumping across the screen going after, you know. That and the end fight of Endgame. That oh, well, looks yes. like yeah, a that's fucking... That's a splash page, yeah. But, yeah, yeah but from a, from a more close-up version, I guess, that would be the Ultron one. Sure. But anyway, um... And and I feel like you get that same feel watching almost all of Sin City. Sin City is very much a comic book all the way through, but live action. You know, more than any other film we've seen. And I'm going all the way back to I'm going to things like the MCU and the Batman films and and stuff like that. Like you know. Well, I'll add to that because it is a comic book come to life in a successful way because. Ang Lee's Hulk tried doing that as well, and, it and I view that as not as successful. No, no. Um, but then let's get you know. So Watchmen for me, um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I, I, I think it's because I can relate to the era. I can relate to some of that fear. The Cold War technically didn't end until like 1989, but. It certainly wasn't as ramped up as it is in the film in 85 either. You know what I mean? So it was definitely in a worse place in Watchmen than it was in in real life, you know. And obviously we didn't have Richard Nixon as president, you know. Well, we did, just not for four fucking terms. Right, or three. It was three terms in the film. Yeah. Yeah, um, but no, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, we didn't have Nixon in 85 is what I meant. We right. had, yeah, we, and they actually kind of make reference to that because Reagan d- was president in 85, and, and towards uh-huh. the end of the film, they reference that. Um, not that he <sighs> should have been, but, you know. You, you know, I think it? my problem with Watchmen is that it's it's hard for me to relate to any of the characters because most of the characters are just kind of awful. Well, they're all meant like, to be like antiheroes for the most part, with the exception of like I think Silk Spectre and Night Owl. I think Silk Spectre too would probably qualify. Yeah. Um, or so, and 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 just to I'm sorry, Rico, but just to 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 differentiate because there's Silk Spectre 
and Silk Spectre 2, as in the number two. And that's the one that you were referring to as the uh, the, the sex scene in, in Archie. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I like the Archie name. Like, yeah. I, I, it, I didn't realize that that's, that's what? Clash of the Titans? Archimedes. Archimedes. So yeah. Merlin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just like here, like, I will say this, the cast is fucking amazing in yeah. Watchmen. It's got a, yeah. it's got a phenomenal cast. Yep. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, not for nothing. You get Thomas Wayne, essentially. Yeah. He is astounding as the comedian. Yeah. He's also one of the fucking most repre like, like, uh, how do I phrase that? He's just one of the worst fucking characters. Well, the character is, yeah, but not, 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 um, not, not him. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the, the I mean, character. I, I have any. I don't give a fuck as far as like attempting to rape someone. I don't. That's not an anti-hero to me. No, that's, that's just an asshole. Villain. Yeah, no. And I mean, he shoots the woman that he impregnated in Vietnam too, if you recall. So I mean, like, yeah, yeah. He he's a flaming asshole. I mean, <laughs> he just is. But. You know, on the flip was... side, Jeffrey Dean Morgan in Watchmen as Negan is an amazing villain. You mean The Walking Dead? Yes, I mean The Walking Dead. My my apologies. No worries. Fucked up. Um, but you expect that. You know he's going to be a villain. Right, Whereas right. the comedian, you're like, is he going to fucking be good at some goddamn point in this movie? And just no. Just no. Um, no, I would oh, argue. Yeah, he has a fucking cry in front of an arch nemesis. In Mo- with Moloch, yeah. And I would also say that that moment where he confronts the first Silk Spectre when he's when she's like, "Don't touch her," and he's he, you can tell for like a minute that he's like, "I just was trying to talk to my daughter." You know what I mean? Like he wasn't being an ass. He was legit just saying like, "I was," and then he catches himself. True, you know. Um, True, but before that, he comes off really creepy, like he's about to fucking try and... As an audience, if you don't know it's the daughter, you're thinking he's going to try and fucking go from mom to daughter, and that's creepy as fuck, and blah, blah, blah. I also have to give a shout-out to fucking Carla Gugino, who plays the first Silk Spectre. Yep. I've always been a huge fan of her. She's also in Sensitivity. That's the whole... That's what I was going to. You beat me by a second. (laughs) Sorry there, I fucking... Love her as an actress. Uh, she is uh, the star of my f- one of my favorite Stephen King adaptations, Gerald's Game. She's also and- she's also um, the star of one of the you know we we talk about how and you joke about I should say how I don't like comedy films. Um, and she she is the the star of a comedy I I enjoy very much that is I think it's considered a bit of a cult classic at this point in life. Um but she's in Son in Law with Polly Shore. Oh my God. It's all right. Which is that that's the first place I ever saw her. when I when I when I was looking at her in Watchmen last night and then Sin City today when I was watching it, I was like, I know her from somewhere. Like, you know what I mean? Like where do I know her from? And then it, it occurred to me. She's she's a phenomenal actress, and I, I, I don't agree with Zack Snyder on a lot of things, but I would have agreed if he had incorporated her in his Batman film series or you know the Justice League shit. As? Catwoman. Okay. Oh, for sure. Like an older kind of Catwoman, like the same age as Bruce, maybe a little younger. Which, by the way, 
I, there's a reference, and I and maybe you caught this, Rico, because you catch shit like this. So I, 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 I always really do bow down to your your catch your ability to catch shit like this. With there, my shitty eyesight, I'm the one who usually catches this. Well, shit, this, but go for this it. is an audio thing, so you would have okay. heard it. But in because I was watching a Dark Knight the other day, just to have something on in the background while I was doing shit, and there's a reference to Catwoman in. At least I feel like it's a reference to Catwoman in the Dark Knight. With Christian Bale? Yeah. Dark Knight? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, I know you're talking about. Um, does it stop dogs? It'll even stop cats. No, you know, it, should stop- do, it should do pretty well against cats. Right. And that's yeah. always that. Now, you know, it could just be that he meant cats. But to me, I feel like that was that's like a, a... Yeah, that's a Catwoman reference. Yeah. Right. Right. Even though you don't know who that is and they don't ever reference <laughs> it again. Well, not but. to mention, because in that, I mean, we're going all over the place, but just to go with this conversation, Dark Knight Rises is eight years later after Dark Knight. No. Oh, so, Dark Knight Rises. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that's the in-between. So was Catwoman, or as they refer to it as the cat, was she doing shit? Because she, because Anne Hathaway is still pretty fucking young, so would she, would she have been doing this in her early uh 20s late teens i um i'd have to i'd have to go back and watch the dark knight rises again but i think uh and i don't want to get into a whole thing on this because i want us to get back to these other films but when when he f- first goes back to the bad cave after eight years and he remember he kind of pulls up her dossier I think he mentions when she starts. Like, he says a, at least a year, if not a full-fledged date, of when, like, the first thing that she was known to have stolen. So I'd have to go back and listen and see if that's there, if I'm right. And if it is, I okay. can give you a better answer. But I don't know off the top of my head. Well, um, the, the short answer is yes. It is a reference to Catwoman. I think so. I think so. And I think that's... I'm I, 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 surprised to... I never caught that till just the other day. Because it's, like it's like that sequence very quickly in Ultron, going back to Age of Ultron again, where uh, Iron Man first breaks into, like, the castle. And he's like, guys, we got to have a talk. And then he shoots these, like, mini missiles, stunning missiles out and knocks everyone down. And he goes, great talk. And then someone in the background yells out, no, it wasn't! Yeah, you see, know. I caught that first time in I, the uh, theaters. Like, I didn't catch that till just recently. <laughs> But um, if if I remember correctly, I think also Patrick Wilson was featured in a voice only in Batman v Superman. He has like a role as like a senator or some shit. Uh, that's a good point. when they're talking about like, you know, is Superman really a hero or is he a menace? Blah, blah, blah. blah. Right. Um, I mean, clearly, Patrick Wilson is a favorite of Snyder, which is nothing wrong with it. I like I like Patrick Wilson. He's, I'll he's do you one. <laughs> He's not just a voice, he's the president. Is he the president? It says here, POTUS, which, oh, for those shit. not familiar, stands for President of the United States. So so he went from POTUS to King Orm in the same uh, continuity. Yeah, I think what saves that is that he, you don't see his... Um, oh, yeah. yeah you yeah. don't see him, you just hear a voice, so... And and I I mean I'm not seeing it on his credits here, but I I'm pretty sure he's got a pretty reasonable um, voiceover. Like he does not I mean as much as some of the other people we've talked about previously, but he does some voiceover work. I'm pretty certain. Yeah. So, um. Anyway, I want to go back to I want to go back to the um. Just finish up my point on Watchmen, and then we'll we'll move on. I found it really interesting, and I think that the thing that gets lost on. Watchmen, 
is ultimately world peace is achieved. Do you do you, you know it takes <coughs> killing no. a whole bunch of motherfuckers, but no, that's, yeah, it's the opposite of what happens. No, there's a peace treaty that comes out of that. That see, I missed it until recently, but it there's a peace okay. treaty that comes out of that. A well, massive peace that, treaty. Here's the thing you have to remember: Rorschach's journal is sent to the the newspaper, and it's gonna he he's written about everything, so he talks about. But you don't see uh, the repercussions of that when that film ends. It fill it ends with peace, but it the implication is that it it it's all the shit's gonna come out, and they're gonna fuck fucking fight all over again. That's the whole point. That's how I interpreted it. No, because I don't think Rorschach writes the part about Ozymandias in the journal. Like, I think he sends that off before they go down to Antarctica. He sends right. that off before he goes down there. There's no way he could send it after fucking Dr. Manhattan kills him in Antarctica. So he had to have sent that before him and Night Owl went down there. But all the evidence is there. So if a journalist just fucking does enough research... I guess. Did that guy really seem like the smartest journalist in the planet, though? No, but there's other people on staff. I, I'm just saying, I looked at it in a very different ending. That it was just no matter what, it's going to constantly cycle with war, destruction, and and. See, no, I, 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 yeah, I saw it differently. So anyway, we'll we'll, we'll move on because I think we could argue that for hours, and we do have other films we want to talk about. So I want to go back to V for Vendetta since you you went there next, which is fine because it's a great mm-hmm. fucking film. Um, first off, so where do I start there? I will tell you. <laughs> Honestly, what's that? Well, we can get a Hugo. Hugo We'll get the Hugo in a second, but I will tell you first off because it's going to literally take a few seconds. I initially watched that movie for two reasons, and Hugo Weaving had nothing to do with it. Number one, um, and we've already discussed that this isn't the case on a previous episode, but um, I thought the Wachowskis directed it. Now I know they they had a hand in writing it, but I also I thought they actually directed it as well. Which okay, I'm wrong, but. It's definitely a Wachowski. You you see their handprint all over oh, yeah. that film. So, and it's just coming. It's not. It's what like a year or two after the Matrix. So it's still you're still coming off that Matrix high. If you're a fan like I am, and you know how I am on the Matrix. So, right. I definitely was in for that. And then for two, two words, Natalie Portman. Uh huh. I've had a I've had a crush on Natalie Portman since Attack of the Clones. And, oh, me too. I believe and, it. <laughs> and and seeing her, you know, be the the primary, you know, protagonist, really. She nails the accent. Yeah, she really does. Really does. Yeah. And she looks stellar with a shaved head. Not a lot of women can say that. Ah, uh, yeah. That, that's. I mean, you don't lose me, lose me. But that's the part I didn't like. I mean, I get why they did it. I see how it fits the story, so I'm not against it for those reasons, but from a visual perspective, I disagree. Yeah. I'm not saying she doesn't look good, but I prefer. We'll put it that I way. don't think you would turn down a date if Natalie Portman was shaved, like, yeah. even if she bicked her fucking head to <laughs> no. his scalp. No. And she'd be like, you can have me, but you gotta deal with some peach fuzz on top. Yeah, I'm good. I can handle that. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah. you could. You um, rub your head and make a wish. <laughs> But you're right. She she nails the accent. Um, yeah. it, Hugo Hugo Weaving. Listen, it would never happen because it is a comic book film, even in the untraditional sense of the word, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. But 
he deserves some real consideration for some kind of awards for that film. Because to convey the amount of emotion that I feel like he conveys the entire time behind a Guy Fox mask is really fucking impressive to me. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think Hugo Weaving is absolutely an underrated um, actor who has transcended character acting. Yeah. Um, I still liked him as Red Skull. Like, I did I think too. He, yeah. uh, he's not a forgettable villain like in some of the MCU roster. Um, I think Hugo Weaving is immensely talented and and Miss and Agent Smith is radically different than V. Oh v sure. Is charming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and and not for nothing, you know I'm a huge fan of of voices. And Hugo Weaving's got that fucking voice that just even when he's using every goddamn word that has a V in it in that, that long sequence ass fucking is, monologue. That's so good. That whole monologue. It's gotten that had to be hard to do. Oh no shit. Like actually I there's a as we go all over the place, there's a uh a, a voice actor I've told you about named Anthony and Gruber. Yes. And he he uh does a standout Harrison Ford impression. He looks like a young Harrison Ford. He was the fan choice to play uh young Han Solo when they gave it to um fucking Alden Ehrenreich. Yeah. And he, uh, Anthony Gruber, before he became a voice actor or even an actor, he was doing impression videos on YouTube. And he, fuck, I mean, his, his Harrison Ford is there. His, he does a good Mark Hamill. He does a good uh, Heath Ledger. But he fucking did the V for Vendetta Vodalog is what I'm, I was what I'm calling it. Okay. And he nails it. And he does it with a fucking mask on. He's got the guy Fox mask, and he fucking nails it. Sure. And he does it in, the, in a perfect Hugo Weaving impression that you're just like, what? What? How is this guy not like, at this point, he should have been offered everything. Like, oh, uh, Hugo Weaving doesn't want to fucking come in for a voiceover? Get Anthony and Gruber. Oh, I mean, and ultimately that's what happened with Red Skull. Hugo didn't want to come back for uh, Infinity War. So they got this other guy, Ross Marquand, who does a bunch of great impressions and he's also on The Walking Dead. He's... And he played Hugo Weaving like Hugo Weaving. It's like, you know, he, I, I can't even I can't even do a Hugo Weaving impression. I've tried. Like I've really fucking tried. He just has that Mr. Anderson kind of cadence and voice and it's just it's right. brilliant. Well and, um, and the th- the thing that I like, um the other thing that I think gets overlooked in the film is I think Hugo gets to really flex his his acting skills a little bit too, because he as V plays other characters too you know what i'm saying like he, he plays rockwood the the guy that meets inspect the ins- chief inspector at one point and that's the only real time you actually kind of see hugo's face and even then you don't really see his face but yeah i get the point it's the closest you come to seeing his face sure right um, did you want to see his face i was kind of half expecting to see his face my second viewing because i yeah i blanked on the first viewing um n- did I want to? I don't know. I don't know that I necessarily wanted to. Um, I don't think I needed to. I think you have a pretty good idea of how it, how he would look based on his hands and that one sequence of the explosion. You see that silhouette of the character. 
of him on fire and shit. Yeah, I don't even think he's on fire. I think he's sitting in front of the fire. But yeah, he's standing in front of fire. But he's all burned up and shit. Yeah. He, I, I I envision you know what I actually envision. Do you remember when Neo goes blind in the third Matrix? I envision a mixture of that and Deadpool is what Which, he probably looks like. Not for fucking nothing. The best Hugo Weaving impression is the guy who played Bane in Matrix Revolutions. Oh yeah. Oh, that guy was yeah yeah yeah. We talked about that too. Yeah. That was really like, amazing. Holy fuck. Like, I rewatched that scene at least three times. I was just like, and he nails it and does it just enough differently where it works. So it's a different interpretation, but it's, it's, ah, God. We, clearly, we like Hugo Weaving. Um, you and I, Mr. Anderson, we know better. You know, so like, but he, yeah. and he, and he sounds just enough like himself and just enough like Hugo that it really, it plays. You're right. That sequence is so good. Anyway, um, but another the, another little car- a cast member that showed up that I had fucking forgotten, but I was so glad shows up. Yeah, Stephen Fry. Okay, I thought honestly I thought you were gonna go Stephen Ray, but no, Stephen Fry is a good poll too. Yeah, I like I like Stephen Ray, but I'm a huge Stephen Fry fan. I know you like, are. Yeah, yeah, like stemming all the way from a bit of Fry and Laurie. Uh, Black Adder, like I I love me some fucking Stephen Fry. No, he's good. Um, he's really good. I like him too. And I can see the appeal of him being in V for Vendetta. And that role. All, that role specifically. With that role, yeah. yeah. That role specifically, I could, I knew he was just like, oh, a, a, a British gay talk show host who, who spits in the eye of authority? Yes, that's for me. <laughs> right. I know. He, he, you know, um, he, I, I felt, it's funny because like, if you were to imagine these people were real for just a second, like that all this was real. The, I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, <laughs> I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. I haven't really woken up until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. All right. Forget the fact that it's a movie. He felt the most natural is what I'm getting at in that, like, like the, even the conversation, like for whatever reason, and it, uh, this is all meant as a, com- a compliment to Stephen Fry's ability because he doesn't feel like he's delivering dialogue. He feels like he's talking to you, if that makes yeah. any kind of sense. Because, like, I, I distinctly remember, there's a couple great scenes he has in the film, but the one that sticks out to me when you talk about it and made me think of that that idea is when he's giving Evie breakfast the, the first morning they're together. And uh-huh. she goes, oh, my God, that's the same thing he gave me my first morning with him. And he goes, well, that's because I'm V. And, you know, like that, I don't remember the, the exact words, but he goes in this whole thing about how he's tricked everybody that he's V, you know? And then she goes, what? And he goes, yeah, I'm terrible without a studio audience. 
<laughs> like it's <laughs> which you're you're absolutely right. He comes off immensely natural. Um the the eggy in a basket oh, sequences. I, I, Deb makes that for me. That shit is amazing. I love that stuff. I make it too. I've done yeah. it. I've done it many a time. Um Can I recommend a little bit of Louisiana hot sauce on it? Oh, so good. Anyway, go ahead. When when Deb does it, does she uh flatten out the slices of bread? What do you mean flatten them out? They're usually sliced bread. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm t- I I actually do a little I, I take like a rolling pin, I flatten it out so oh, no, you get just, really nice and crisp. And, no, and we just cut the hole out in the middle and then drop it in the pan, put the egg in the Yeah, middle. I mean, yeah. this does too. Um, yeah. Alan Moore, who fucking hates every single adaptation of all this works, every single time. Like he, Now, if you watch future Alan Moore adaptations, he's not featuring the credits. He has completely dismissed anything, which is why I fucking didn't know that he worked on, Con- or that he uh, did Constantine. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't say in the credits. So he actually had huge problems. And my favorite thing about Alan Moore is that he completely discredits all the producers and filmmakers and writers who say, for promotional reasons, oh, we we had a conversation with Alan Moore. He loves what we're going to do with V for Vendetta. This is the Wachowski saying this. Sure, sure. Uh, We had lunch with him. It was great. Um, and he absolutely loves what we're going to do and he's all behind it. And then Alan Moore comes forward and says that absolutely did not fucking happen. I hate what they've done. They're fucking liars. Fuck all of them. (laughs) And he also added a little, and and I'm not even like, I'm paraphrasing, but the cadence is there. He said, clearly they don't know what British people eat because the whole achy Tabasco thing is just like, it's not a thing. Like, there's a thing called Aggie in a Basket, but it's not what we do. And, okay. And to fucking shove it in and have all these fucking Americans come to Britain and think we're having, you know, they could just, we just fucking crack an egg and a piece of toast is bullshit. Like, well, like, whether it's British or not, it's fucking tasty, so I don't give a shit. It's tasty as fuck. <laughs> I'm not going to argue about that. Um, but, but yeah, he, yeah, he man. He also I... had a quote about Zack Snyder. Oh, no. Zack Snyder said, listen. Worst case scenario is Alan Moore, you know, pops Watchmen the DVD in his player and watches it, and he could find that it's a pretty decent film. I hope he likes it. Alan Moore responded with, "That's the worst case scenario. Fuck him." <laughs> That's what he said. He said, "Fuck Zack Snyder. That's wow. the worst case scenario. No, Fuck him. the worst case scenario is not me deciding to watch a filthy adaptation of my work." Alrighty then. Um... Moving on, I just want to, you know, I, I don't know where else to go from there. I I will also tell you that this film, I know for a fact, and not the first time I saw this actor, but for whatever reason, it's the first time I became aware of this actor, if that's going to make any sense. And that's John Hurt. Mm. Um, I, I I know for a fact, knowing his, his body of work, that there are John Hurt films I saw long before V for Vendetta. Yeah. But yeah, it, spaceballs. Space. Well, not just, but but yeah, spaceballs. Um, as we discussed last episode, history of the world part one. But more yep. in my world, King Ralph, which he's got a major role in. Um, the, the the point is, you know, John Hurt's been obviously around for a long time, but 
I think because he's so in your face in V for Vendetta, even in the few scenes that he's in, but the scenes he's in, he's like right there. It, it's like Oz the Great and Powerful, you know? Got, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and it, it, so it made me more cognizant of who he was. So that when I would watch some of these other films I just mentioned, you know, just because you, you watch them, you're like, oh, fuck, it's John Hurt. It's the guy from V right. for Vendetta. Now, I know that's not really doing him a lot of justice because he's also, I know, I look, I know he's the guy from Alien. I've never seen Alien all the way through. I saw that the part where the thing actually popped out of his stomach, and the only reason why I we turned it off is because it was one thirty in the morning, and I fell the fuck asleep. So sure. it had nothing to do with me not liking it, and we just never went back. I just never went back and finished it, honestly. But mm-hmm. um, so I, I acknowledge that John is known for things that are a little more impactful. Elephant man. Yeah, I mean, cinematically, I know he's more impactful than Vivi Ferrandetta, but that's what put him on my my radar. You know. For me, it was, uh, I was vividly aware of him as Ollivander in Harry Potter, the, the guy who gives him his wand. See, I had never seen Harry Potter up to that point, so yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I was struck by how creepy and, and accurate. His, his take on Ollivander is pretty accurate. Okay. Like, John Hurt's got a voice that it could be great to listen to or fucking terrifying. Like, I wondered when I would be seeing you, Mr. Potter. Like, what the fuck? Stop being creepy to an 11-year-old, dude. <laughs> like, let me find you a wand. No! Like, you get haggard and get the fuck out of there! <laughs> um, um, I... You're right. You're absolutely right. He, he is tremendous. Here's the thing, though. We came very fucking close to V for Vendetta. I was just going to say that. I, I actually tweeted when I was watching it back out of my personal account, I tweeted and said, it's scary how close we came to this. Like, And how... I don't know if you saw my response. But I, I did. Said, I did. We didn't? Well, no. No. We, we got real goddamn close, though. But I don't think we actually got there. I don't know, man. A virus that fucks up the nation. I'm talking about the long-term effects. Sutler, Sutler's in power, I think, for like six years by the time the film airs. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and I don't mean just power. I mean, like, change the rules, indefinite power. So he's probably closer to 10 years total by the time the film comes to air. You know, the timeline. The allegory is, is dangerously close. It was scary. It was goddamn scary. Yeah. And what's even more scary, and look, guys, we, we, we know we don't get political. And you know I'm usually the one to steer away from that on the show more than more than Rico, with all respect to you, buddy. But that's just what I do. But yeah. in this instance, man, it, you know, we got, first off, we got dangerously close to that here. And then the fact that they talk about a civil war in America happening was like, we're not, still not far away from that potential (laughs) you know like i also think that originally it was i think alan moore wrote that it was intended in the graphic novel to be in america the the whole thing the whole v for vendetta was supposed to be set in america which is even scarier if that's the case yeah uh, see alan moore is also like a magician and shit i think he fucking looked into a crystal ball in the into the future and was like i got a great idea this is gonna happen in 2020 we're gonna i'm gonna fuck with the world yeah. You know, they're going to be questioning my work forever, which makes me really fucking scared of like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. What the fuck? 
No, it's still it's still England. I'm looking at is the okay. yeah, I'm looking at the wiki for for V Vendetta the the book, not well the series of books. That's the other thing. So what we should what we should say that some of these things is some of these are one book. I believe The Watchmen is ultimately one graphic novel. It might have been a series of books initially. Um V for Vendetta. I don't know what was going up to like twenty nineteen. What's that? League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was like going up to like 2019. He kept going. Right. Um, v for Vendetta is a defunct, but it was a comic run that mm-hmm. has been lumped together into three graphic novels. One called Europe After the Rain, two called This Vic- Vicious Cabaret, and three, The Land of Do As You Please. So Land of Do As You Please may actually... No, it still says Jordan Tower, so that's got to be England. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think they're in England, but well, then I'm wrong. Well, that's all right. That's all right. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, it's it's still it was still it's so just, close to home. Yeah, very close to home, and very because because COVID didn't just hit America; it hit worldwide, and it hit England pretty fucking hard too. See, for me, it wasn't the COVID aspect. Honestly, it it, it was more the subtler in his his, you know. Crony, he his, his, yeah, he doesn't look Trumpy, but he certainly acts, kind of acted Trumpy. Oh, I, I mean, the fact that he did away with England's flag, he had his own flag, everyone had a picture oh. of Sutler in their home. I mean, like, that's... See, I, I, right now in, in America, for our British and Australian listeners... For all our international listeners, we're, I'm trying to branch this out, so yeah. Right. Our, our one listener fucking not Amsterdam. Uh, all right, yeah, and and the one guy in Germany, but go ahead. My point is that right now, it, with our fucking election, if Trump manages to fucking finagle and fuck over Biden, like, we, we are, we believe Biden won. We're kind of unanimous being like, yeah, Biden won. Yeah. But they're still going to, this is not the end. There's yeah. still a lot of scary shit that's going to happen. There yeah. could be an uprising. There could be a civil war. There could be a lot of fighting and riots. Techni- and technically, then, the votes could be thrown out completely. That's right. still possible, right? <laughs> so we're right now, as far as CG and I are concerned, we are on the brink of V for Vendetta actually potentially fucking happening. And I it's mean not, that. It's just, I, I want to stress that it's not likely at this point, but it's, it's still not possible. Likely, but yeah. it's a possibility. And I'll even add to the fact that there are a bunch of hackers known as anonymous with Guy Fox fucking masks that are trying to fuck with the government and celebrities and Trump in particular. So, well, and, it, and that's the thing, like Mr. Robot, I don't know if you watched that show with Rami Malek. I know you're familiar with it. The first season, they were wearing Guy Fox masks. And that's basically what's, I think that's what's inspired what's going on right now is that. So... Um, uh, no, the, the anonymous, uh, was before Mr. Robot, okay. but Mr. Robot took it, but obviously they're, it's all based on V for Vendetta or at least inspired by it. Sure. Um, I mean, fuck dude, what it was like six months ago in the middle of COVID, like anonymous came back and tons of shit about I meant, Epstein. I meant the current anonymous not the overall, I meant the current no, incarnation. They were already a thing before Mr. Yes, Robot. Yes, I know were, that. Were around yeah. like. They were around in like 20, 2009 and shit. I think five, actually. Yeah, I think they were oh, going so, back to Oh, well, they may have predated Beat for Vendetta. Yeah, but, well, not, but see, I don't think they were doing the Guy Fox thing. I think they were just, I think they were literally just anonymous and being a little more 
you know. And then they had they had a face. They said, "Oh, the guy Fox name makes bingo. more sense." Right, right. Anyway, um, move, moving forward, but it's it it you know. It still was an interest. I loved, I loved everything about it. I loved, I loved how. The only thing I was unclear on, I don't know. No, let me rephrase that. I don't. I don't want to say I was unclear on, but I don't think was expressly stated was whether or not V had powers. Um, I agree. It seemed like he. I've always kind of viewed it as he was experimented on. Obviously, sure, and. And they, he had some side effects, like the super speed. Well, that's a, that's the only thing I feel like he really had. He wasn't flash fast, but he certainly was fast. Do you know what I mean? I view it as, which could be our next discussion, as similar to McAvoy's character in Wanted. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd say a step up, but yes, definitely similar. Mm-hmm. Um, are you not, not even McAvoy's character? Honestly, I would say it was closer to um. Cross? No, they don't actually give him a name, but the guy you think is his father for 90% of the film, when he goes running down the hallway and jumps through the window? Yeah. Like, that that feels closer to what V could do than, than maybe McAvoy, even, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, um, Wesley, yeah, I, by the way, just to... I, see, it's so weird. I find it interesting to see Hugo Weaving in V for Vendetta, eventually go on to play Red Skull, because Red Skull came from a similar thing. Yeah. He's a super soldier that was burned. Is essentially what it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I actually thought it just made his face peel off and, and left the red stain on him. I didn't think it was burned. Well, he, he They say that he was burned from the inside out, essentially. Fair. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, that also might just be a way to describe it as opposed to it actually being Burns, but I'm not going to sit here and split hairs with you over that. I'm just saying, right. you know, um, but yeah, and, and let's move on to Wanted at this point. Cause I don't think there's much more we can say about V, about V for Vendetta, except that it's just a fantastic film. Listen, of all these films, as always, when we talk about movies on the show, we really hope that you, if you've not seen them, even though we might have spoiled some of it, that you will go and, and watch them based on our, our, our recommendations and our and our discussions here, I will tell you right now, of all the ones we're talking about today, fucking go watch V for Vendetta. That's the one to watch. That, yeah. you know, it It may not be the most comic book feeling film, but it is no. probably the best film in the bunch, I think. Yeah. We're the real fucking Watchmen. That's what we are. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Um... So, but let, let's go over. Let's go over to wanted. 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 Okay, so wanted is the only one of these four, four, right? One, four, five, whatever it is that we're talking about tonight. I that got, I got at least six, but yeah, or whatever. But is the only one of these I actually saw in theater. Um, I saw Sin City in theaters. I saw Wanted in theaters. Um, I saw Sin City two in theaters, and that's oh, I saw League of Extraordinary Gentlemen in theaters. Okay. Way back in 2003, I saw that in theaters. Okay. Well, so what happened with me with one is my buddy, the guy that I've talked about before, uh, who who used to work at the movie theater, he he was working at the theater back then. So I had free reign to go see whatever movies I wanted for free. I literally could just call him up and be like, dude, I want to see X movie. And he'd be like, all right, 
what when and where like oh not not even I would always go to his theater but I really had full reign of the full full print I could go to any one of the theaters and he could get me the ones that they're partnered with I I went through similar shit yeah right now I usually went to his theater just because he's my friend and I'd rather go there but it yeah I could have plus you get a discount on popcorn yeah I I hear you oh no I didn't even get discount I didn't have to worry about that it was just here (laughs) but oh yeah well some places are depends on how close you are yeah but um but then I also didn't um. I and I've talked. I think I talked about this on the show. I don't eat or drink when I go to the theater anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, but in any event, um, I had off on Fridays every Friday. Like that was my schedule was off on Fridays and Sundays, and I had this Friday off. And I was like, he's like, so what are you doing today? I'm like, or what are you doing this Friday? And I'm like, I don't really actually have anything planned. He goes, well, you know, Dark Knight just came out last week, and. So why don't you come on up and watch Dark Knight at the theater? I was like, yeah, I've been wanting to see that. Like, yeah, I'll do that. And he goes, fuck, I'm there all day. I'm there most of the day. Why don't, why don't you come like do a double feature and then just meet me back at my place and we'll get pizza and hang out and stuff. I was like, fuck, I'm in. Let's do it. So I ended up going up there, going from, watching Dark Knight and Wanted back to back. And then that, that was my... So, so they had Wanted later. They, they held on to Wanted for a while because... I thought Dark Knight came out in 2008, and I thought Wanted came out in 2007. Uh, let's see. I don't believe so. They're both just... 2008. That makes sense. But I could have sworn Wanted was Dark Knight is definitely 08. Um, huh? And I'm checking Wanted. Wanted's 08. I'll be damned. June 27th for Wanted. That's my birthday. Yep. Yep. And Dark Knight was... July 18th. So, okay, so it wasn't, they weren't that close together, but I mean, but it was close enough to still be, to conceivably still be in the theaters at the same time. It, it was like probably like the last day for Wanted. Maybe, maybe, yeah. What'd you, what did you think of Wanted? I mean, it doesn't, I, I, it's oh, very I, different than Dark Knight. Well, for sure, for sure. And I, and I watched Dark Knight first on purpose. Like, be, be aware that of doing those two films that day, I did it in the order of Dark Knight first on purpose. Sure. Um, but no, I liked Wanted. N- had no idea at the time that it was a graphic novel. Zero idea. Just saw this movie looked kind of interesting about curving bullets, you know, and you know, and and much like Natalie Portman and Vivian Vendetta, Angelina Jolie. Okay, you know, like, that's not hard on that's not hard on the eyes. Let's like you know. So Steph, when we were watching Wanted last night, Steph said, "What the fuck is the difference between?" Like how how is her character Fox, as opposed to Guy Fox, any fucking different than Salt or Lara Croft? And I thought for a second I said, in this one she has tattoos, <laughs> and some of them are real. <laughs> Those are all real. Are they all her real tattoos? I yeah. I didn't think she. Had, I, tell. I don't think she has that one on her hand. Oh, that you might be right about that. That one I think is but fake. All I the know, ones I, on her back. That's all her. I don't think the one in the center is. The one on her shoulder blade definitely is hers, but I don't think that big one in the center is hers either. I don't think. Anyway, that's not was, really the in, point. In that particular segment, I was not looking at that tattoo. Well, I've seen that movie enough times that I've started looking at other things, but yeah. Um, Nothing uh, else to look at. Uh, of these movies, of the four, the four major ones we're talking about, the two that I've watched the most for certain are Viva Vendetta and Wanted, without question, um, for me. For for me, it'd be Wanted and Sin City, and that's fair. That's yeah. I I just re- I really like Vivian Vendetta, and I know you. I'm not saying I'm not saying that you're saying you don't, 
but I, I enjoy it that much that I watch. Because V for Vendetta is one of those films that, like, if I'm flipping through channels and it happens to be on and there's nothing else, I'll stop. And yeah, there, there's there's your afternoon. You're, yeah, basically. You're, you're, right. Yeah. You know, and, and that's because I enjoy the film that much. But anyway, yeah. um, Wanted, yeah, I, I loved, I, I'd never seen James McAvoy before. Never even heard of him. It was a fir- my first exposure to him for sure. The, I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, <laughs> I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Calling all partners. Losing weight is better together with Nutrisystem's partner plan. In fact, people who diet together lose 20% more weight than dieting on their own. Get new premium meals with up to 30 grams of protein. They're big and filling and taste delicious. Plus, try our new restaurant faves that taste like your favorite restaurant portioned with half the calories. Don't wait. You could win big cash during Nutrisystem's Better Together Partner Plan 100K giveaway. And maybe win the grand prize of $25,000. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash in right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off your first month. You heard me right. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Don't wait. This partner plan offer will not last long. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin. See website for details on our two-month subscription offer. No purchase necessary. Open only to U.S. residents over 21. Void where prohibited. Runs December 25 through April 4th, 2022. For official rules, visit Nutrisystem.com. Sponsored by Inc. Um, me too. It was very early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it might, it might be his first film, or, or if it's not, it's, it's not fucking his first, close. It's not his first film, but it's definitely early in his career before he had any clout. Because they originally wanted to go for a more traditional-looking fucking character or uh, actor to play that character, and you know he's he's our height. You know he's five foot six. He's skinny. He's he's not. You know he's a phenomenal fucking actor, but as a tough guy. he's He's not the first choice. And they kind of wanted the whole point of like, let's, we're going to cast someone who's kind of the runt of the litter, make him look like a nerd, a dweeb, uh, an accountant, and make him believable as a badass. And they were effective as fuck with McAvoy. Oh, no, no doubt. No doubt. Now, I'm looking over his credits here. You're right. He was in other films, but I don't know based on the titles if he was the prominent character in any of them. You know, I think a lot of it was like Jane Austen shit. Like he, wow. like, you know, he was doing a lot of like bit player period piece. The, the only films that are even listed here that I've even heard of before Wanted. There's three that I've heard of. One's pretty prominent. The other two, maybe not so much. Um, he's in Wimbledon, which is a film yeah. with um, uh, Paul Bettany. Thank you, Paul Benny, and I think it's Scarlett Johansson. I thought it was Kirsten Dunst. It's Kirsten Dunst. You're right. It's Kirsten Dunst. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's in that. He's in The Last King of Scotland, which I've heard of. I've never seen I hear it's really good. I've just never seen it. Yeah, um, I, I could attest for that. Um, and then The Chronicles of Narnia. He's in that. Oh, fuck, you're right. He's the little fucking... Um, Mr. Thomas is the name, or Tumnus is the Tumnus. character name. What's, he's he's, a, he's a, not a centaur. He's a satyr. That's what he is. Okay. He's a and little he, goat fucking 
creature thing. And then the only other thing that I think I've heard of is atonement. That's that Jane Austen shit. That I'm um, talking about. But the, yeah, that's the only thing he was in that, that I've even heard of, but I didn't see any of them. So the first thing I would have seen him in would have been, I think I saw Wimbledon, but I would have, you, you, you could put a gun to my head. I don't think I would have been able to pick out McAvoy from that film. Agreed. And I, ironically enough, could have picked out McAvoy in Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah, I've never I, seen saw, I saw Chronicles late and I saw Wanted and then I saw Chronicles and I'm like, motherfucker, what the fuck? Yeah, 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 but but so getting getting back to the actual film though, so like you know you're right though Wesley, it, it, him being as small as he is, um, you know, uh, and and he doesn't look like he'd be powerful. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't have that that powerful uh, thing going for him. The thing that really fucking blew my mind, and this wasn't on the most recent watching, but it was on the more it was a more recent viewing, but it wasn't the one for this today. Um, was fucking realizing Star Lord was in this film. That blew my fucking mind when I was like, "Oh crap! I just saw Star Lord's ass." Okay, moving on. You know, like <laughs> you it, know. it is very satisfying to see Professor X fuck, fuck up, up. Star Lord with a keyboard. Yeah, which oh, and have the keys all come out and say "fuck you." Yeah, with the with his tooth being the U. Which I yeah. think was awesome, yeah. Um, I w- the other thing I found really kind of... You'll find this funny, Rigo. It's just a weird coincidence, I swear to God. But it's not anything, like, mind-blowing. Janice, his boss. Yeah. The one he basically tells her to shut the fuck up. The thing he does where we all wish we could have kind of done at some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Especially if, you've, especially if you work in a cube farm. I've worked in a cube farm, and trust me, right. it's just days like that where you're like... You're not yeah. naming anybody specifically. No. I'd like to point that out. No, not at all. And and I, I don't... For me, it's never been I've had that boss, but I've had those days with my boss. You know what I mean? So there's a difference between hating your boss and just having a day where you're like, fuck off, I don't want to deal with you today. You know what I mean? And I've had those days, but I've never actually hated any of my bosses, which is kind of nice. But anyway, that aside, um, Janet, the day I watched Wanted, just to prepare for today, just to to watch it again and, and, you know... And I think I've said this on the show. I watch films very differently when I'm preparing to talk about them with you here than when I'm just putting it on to kick back and watch a movie. Like, I watch them very differently. So that's typically why, even if I've seen something before, I'll watch it again for the show. And so I was putting it on. But earlier that day, I was watching old episodes of NCIS, the show with um, Mark Harmon. And... By pure fucking coincidence, Janice had like a 30 second role on that episode that I was watching. And she was, and it's the only other thing I've ever fucking seen her in. <laughs> Up to that point, I'd only ever seen her in Wanted. And I was like, oh my God, it's Janice. <laughs> That's happened to me a couple of times where I'm like, you and I will watch like, like I think when you and I were watching uh, Jurassic Park, we were deep diving Jurassic Park. Yeah. I was just watching random shit, like to take many little breaks in mm-hmm. between. And like I was seeing Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum everywhere. Yeah, yeah, that that kind of shit happens. Um, I can't escape these fucks. Which, by the way, on a quick side note, Animaniacs, awesome. Anyway, yeah. So, okay. uh, but yeah, I the I I loved some of the symbolism from the film that you were talking about with the keyboard and when he like, when he fucking breaks it over um, Star Lord's face and you know. 
basically does the fuck you with the keyboard, the keys and all. Um, I also liked simply the, um, there's a lot of different symbolism in it. There was the, um, the, the thing with the ATM when he yeah. goes to get money, he's like, you're, you're broke. Your best friend's fucking your girl and you're too much of a pussy to do anything about it. Correct. <laughs> you know, like any hits correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that, that reminded me of uh, American psycho. I never saw it. So yeah. American psycho is not an easy watch, but it's entertaining as fuck to see Christian Bale. Okay. Um, not to mention spoiler. He fucks up Jared Leto. Oh yeah. So it's really interesting to see Batman fucking up sticking the an axe in Jared Leto's face. <laughs> um, the entire time listening to Huey Lewis. That was also weird. Interesting. Um, but there's a portion where like Patrick Bateman is kind of going insane and he's a, and he's a psychopath. And at one point he like is going up to an ATM and it says, please deposit cat in ATM. And there's a stray cat right there. And he tries to shove this. He's just like, that's when he's losing his grip on reality. Right. right. But when I first saw it, I'm like, that's kind of how I looked at it. Like, like it's a little reference in a very comedic way. It could just be a comedic fucking whole thing, you know? It could be. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I definitely, I definitely liked, um, first off watching going back to when I saw it in a theater, um, and and you you tease me about this from time to time. I didn't see it coming, at all. What the cross? Who cross really is? I didn't see it coming. You know, it's funny you bring that up because I kind of saw it coming, but only in the sense that I'm like, there's no fucking way that the the like the guy who plays Cross looks more closer to McAvoy oh, than sir. whatever that fucking visually actor is speaking. Yeah. Oh, visually speaking. Um. Yeah, I agree with you, but I, 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 I don't look at it from that perspective when I watch stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like, actors are just actors. If they happen to look like each other, great. But that, how many how many times do you see parent people playing the parents of somebody and they look nothing? Like, you, and it, you, and you, it you, kind of infuriates the fuck out of me. To be it doesn't, oh, see, that doesn't bother me not, enough to care. It, it bothers like, me in the sense that I'm just like, they didn't even fucking try. Or what, what bothers me more is when they get an actor to play like the younger version of a character. And I'm and like, wow, it's not even close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but it's funny because when I, I, the second time I saw what, uh, wanted, I saw it with Michael and we were, I think we were, we were both kind of drunk and he, I've seen a theme here. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he and I, we were watching Wanted, and I think he had already seen it once before, so it wasn't like a surprise. Sure. But he was like, oh man, it's kind of like insane that Cross is his dad. And I'm like, no, it's not. He's like, yeah, dude. Like, you know, it's 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 so it's so weird how they did that. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> like, it's very it's it's not even the like best twist ever it's yeah no no close. it's not it's not at all um i, I didn't it's, see it coming but it made yeah. sense when it happened here's one of the things that it you know we we've talked about over a multitude of episodes now uh we live in this 2020 culture and i don't mean covid i mean just this cultural appropriation and things like that that we're like hmm should they have done that you know what i mean we've we've had that conversation about multiple things over like cancel culture. Uh, 
Yeah, not even cancel culture because some of the stuff isn't about like, well, fuck them, cancel them. It's more of just like, would you do that if you had a chance to redo? You know what I mean? Like, if you had a, if you were doing that now, would you do that? You know what I mean? That kind of thing. And like one of the one of the examples of that is from the same scene with the the fake father, for lack of a better phrase, when he goes to see the the woman at the Indian woman. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, like I personally don't have a problem with it. But like I, I get it. You know what I mean? I so. I did not have a problem with it as well because we're not Indian. But it, it did kind of scream like a fucking Family Guy gag because they did something like that in Family Guy. Uh, well, they might have gotten it from the film though. To be, <laughs> I, I don't see, know. Well, yeah. it, Family Guy did a whole bit where it was like Peter thought the dot on a person's head was a sniper bullet. So he tackles him. He's like, oh, God, I thought that was a, a, a sniper a laser sight. And then years later, in another random episode, Indian person knocks on the, on the door and says, you were right. There's a big gaping fucking hole. And it's just like, wow, holy shit. Um, like, I kind of thought it was like he, he, I'm looking at it from like a like a, an assassin standpoint. They would probably do that. Oh yeah, probably. Like, not for fucking probably. nothing. They probably would do that. Then again, they were just the fucking decoys. But that's a different conversation too, if you recall. Um, the other thing I found interesting though is like, so you said you have this on DVD. Am I correct? Watch it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you, yeah. Now, I don't know if the DVD copy has this, but the Blu-ray has, um, which, by the way, Wanted was like the first or second Blu-ray I ever bought. So, um, but it has a, the motion comic on it. So, it, oh, there you go. <laughs> I have, yeah, it comes with uh, Wanted motion comics on the second disc. I didn't look at it because I, I was you know, tired. So, I, I recommend you watch it. It's about 20 minutes long. It's not okay. super long. But it pulls directly from the graphic novel. And I wanted is one of the graphic novels I certainly hadn't heard of or, or seen prior to watching the film. And By uh, Mark Millar. Yeah. And Fox is not Angelina Jolie. No. She's a black woman. She's an African-American yeah. woman. Um, and very Foxy Brown-esque. Um, hence the name. Hence the name. Um, In another world, it would have been played by Pam Greer. Pam Greer. I could see um, Halle Berry playing that role sure. pretty easily. Um, you know, a couple different people. Uh, you, you, Zoe Saldana could even do it, like if you were going a little newer, honestly. Yeah. You know, um, not newer, but but more recent is probably the right way to put that. Um but yeah, and, and and I don't have a problem with them necessarily changing that from the book. Mark Millar certainly didn't because like he talks he talks uh, about it a little bit and he didn't care. Like he he had zero problem with them. He he wanted right. them just to cast the right people, so they didn't mm-hmm. meaning to fit the spirit of the character. You know, Angelina Jolie. She's she's one of the draws on this film, if you think about it, from from just like a name perspective, because they didn't really you knew Angelina is in the film. Actually, if you look at the cover art, and I know you have the box right there, she's on the cover. McAvoy's the main character, and she's the cover art. It's true, you know. Um, and and they don't really. I don't. 
remember a lot of the advertising back when it came out, but they didn't really push the fact that Morgan Freeman's in the film at all. Not much. Not much. Um, which, by the way, I think I, I I think that's the only film I've ever seen him in where he's basically villain. And um, I'm not saying he's never done it. I think it's the only one I've seen. Is all I'm saying. And I need more Morgan Freeman as a villain because hearing him say "shoot that motherfucker" right there is pretty badass. It it was. I I was like, it's it's effective, especially in that voice. Yeah. Um, there is a Stephen King movie called Dreamcatcher. I've heard of I think it. It's on, yeah. I think it's on HBO Max. I don't know if you would like it. Um, it's it's. I didn't initially like it the first time I saw it, and then I sure. rewatched. It. I'm like, okay, it's actually better than I remember. Okay. But um, Morgan Freeman plays a general, like a Colonel Kurtz type of character from Apocalypse Now. He's like he's just kind of crazy, and he's straight up villainous in it. So if you want some meaty Morgan. Like villainy, villain shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 not bad. Um, you know what surprised me was the inclusion of common in in wanted. Why? Why did that surprise you? Because I didn't know common as as a singer or as a as a rapper. I knew who he uh, was, but I'm not familiar with his. I wasn't familiar with his material. Yeah. See, I he just kind of was like put in a lot of movies in the mid. 2000s he's still i mean yeah i gotta see what year he's still but... acting but not as frequent see i just i don't know i felt like the role was just kind of like i don't i don't know i feel like the role was just kind of given to him i don't know if he was the best person for the job and wanted i i just kind of feel like he he kind of lacked an emotional presence he just kind of was just staring stoically the entire time and well but you got to figure all all the tertiary teachers if you will, because I don't know how else to, to classify them. Because I mean, you have the repairman, you have the knife guy, who I don't even know. If, what's that? Butcher. The butcher, thank you, yeah. Um, and then you have him as the, what did they call him? Um, Smith? The gunsmith, yeah. You know, none of them had any, like, real, there was no meat to those characters for the most part. You know, the only one of those characters that had any kind of meat to it was Fox. And she wasn't exactly a, a teacher as much as his, like... Are, are you kind of... saying meet, like, flesh, or M-E-E-T, like a meeting? No, meet, meet in terms of there wasn't a lot to the characters. There wasn't a lot of character development. Lot of, there, wasn't... there was not a lot of weight. Okay. Yeah. Um, there wasn't a lot to those characters that you needed a whole lot besides standing there kind of stoically. The repairman, I mean... He's got that one little monologue about, you know, when he's first tying him up the very first time, you know. Um, the butcher, the one time he's calling him a pussy, basically. Pussy. You know. Pussy. Um, pussy. And, that's, and, then, and the gunsmith is having, like, a conversation with Fox, you know. About a dude who broke his leg. Right. And the only other, the only other relative line that he... There's only two other relative lines he has in the entire film, and they're both fucking easy, so there was not a chance for him to fuck him up. But the first one is, on three, either you shoot or I shoot, when he's got the gun in the back of Wesley's head when he first meets all these people. And at the very end, when he goes, fuck the code. That's it. Yeah. 
that's the extent of I think I think I think I just recited Common's entire dialogue from the entire fucking film. Like it Yeah. It, there's not a whole lot I, I just felt like it was a weird choice. In comparison, have you ever seen the movie Smoke and Aces? No. See, he's great in Smoke and Aces. Smoke he's... and Aces is is a is an ensemble crime movie where a bunch of hitmen are trying to take down Jeremy Piven, who's like a coked up, like Las Vegas magician, in a hotel. Like it's got a who's who of actors, like Ryan Reynolds, Ray Liotta, Alicia Keys, Common, Jeremy Piven. Um, it's it's got fucking virtually everybody. Andy Garcia, for Christ's sake, and he's good in he's common is good in in Smoking Aces. I just feel like Wanted did him a disservice by putting him in the movie. It didn't really, I mean, it may have boosted his career by putting him in Smoking Aces or vice versa, but it's not like it really captivated him into a film stardom. It just kind of was like the character was kind of interesting. But Common didn't do a very good job in making him interesting. Like, I, I felt I, like I, the I guy who plays that... the Butcher was far more... I was like, this is a fucking intriguing dude. But uh, to, to Common's defense, I don't think the gunsmith was meant to be very intriguing. I, I just don't. I don't feel like the character was meant to have any, you know, weight to him. Um, I think no matter what, they were all overshadowed by Angie. Oh, without you know? question. And Morgan. Which is kind of a dis... And Morgan. Yeah. I think it's kind of a disservice. I, I felt like the guy who plays the, the fake father in the opening scene was fucking... I want to know more about that fucking guy. Yeah. I mean, well, and and there was supposed to be a sequel to the film, and I don't know what the premise behind it was, but yeah. I had heard about that. I actually had heard that Angelina Jolie was supposed to come back. I'm like, I don't fucking know if she remembers how she, like, her character goes. I think it was meant to be a prequel. Oh, I heard sequel. I definitely heard sequel. Well, it was a sequel film, but I, like, it would, but I think it was meant to be. Um, anyway, it, I can't even get to come up to, to give you a thing. But anyway, um, but yeah, the overall the overall vibe of the film. I love the whole concept of curving bullets. That's not a superpower. It's just like like Morgan Freeman even says it. Like the the, the character even says it at one point. Um, Sloan. He says. What if I didn't tell you a bullet went straight? How would you fire the gun? Basically, you know, and you know, there's a video game adaptation. I've always been curious to check out. It's okay. Mine. I've played it. Yeah, it's okay. You're not Wesley. You're not any of the characters from the film. You're this other person that's a member of the fraternity. You're like some uh-huh. some schmo. You know what I mean? Like you're not anybody that's important. You know. Uh-huh. Um, and yes, you can curve bullets and stuff, but like it, it, it. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just two fifty. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. I haven't really woken up until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. 
Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. It's also one of those films like you said you played The Path of Neo, right? That Matrix game. Yeah. It's kind of like that where you, you you don't have all the 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 one powers when you start. You have to mm-hmm. same thing with with the wanted game. You kind of have to like earn your your skill powers. tree kind of shit. Kinda, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. um, it's okay. It's not great. It's okay. It would it's, be a great premise for a game. That's the ultimate. Yeah, if it fan- didn't deliver, it sucks because it could have fucking been amazing. Oh, correct. Agreed. Agreed. One hundred percent. Here's what I will say about one that I wanted to point out, and I, you may already know this, and if you didn't, you may find this kind of interesting. And and either way, I'd like to share with the audience is, um, you know, I'm a huge fan of MythBusters, the the show, um, and I I haven't researched this to get an exact number. But I'm pretty certain this is one of the most researched films that they've done. Because they've done three different myths from this film on different episodes of Mythbusters. They tried to curve bullets once. Yeah. They proved you can't do that. They right. tried to... But they still tried it. The fact that, you yeah. know... Cause they, but, you know um, what was the other one they tried? I remember the that third one. The car. What's that? The, the car over the... Uh, the limousine. The sunroof. Yeah, I was I was saving that one, but yeah. Um, oh, okay. That's all right. That was the third one. I can't remember what the third one that I was the the second one I was going to say was, but anyway, it's it's definitely those two, and I'm pretty sure there's a third one. But they, and even Bond, they haven't done this much testing on. Like I feel like they've done uh-huh. more testing on one than any other film. But they they dispro they disproved everything, which you would expect. Uh-huh. It's a comic book ag- adaptation. You would hope. Right. They disproved it. You know what I mean? Like mm. the one I actually thought had the most chance of happening though was the car flip. Well, Which because... not for nothing makes me fucking laugh. What? Like uh the inclusion of Andrea Bocelli's like time to say goodbye. I liked just... more of the see, I didn't pay attention to that. I liked more of the fact that as he's flipping over him, he's like, I'm sorry, but in a very different way than he always said I'm sorry. Prior yeah, to that. because he does the exact same thing when he flips over the cop. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, you say sorry too much. Um, sorry about know. that. You know, so. <laughs> uh, and, and that's another reason. I think that's another reason why I like this film so much, because I, I, I identify with Wesley pre-joining the fraternity. Well, I should hope so, buddy. No, no, no. But I'm saying, like, I, 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 I apologize a lot. It's true. Yeah. You know, and I'm pretty certain if I had a best friend that I was that close to that was single, he'd probably be fucking my girl. So, you know, like that's just the kind of life that I I probably would have had. Um, in any event, <laughs> that's that's sad, buddy. It's sad. It's sad, but it's true. Um, you should want more out of life. I didn't say I don't want more. I just said that's probably what would have happened. Um. Uh, uh. I actually no, you know yeah. what? Come to think of it, I did have a friend like him. He wasn't actually fucking a girl I was with, but he certainly stole a couple from me. Um, That's an awful fucking friend. I'm not gonna well, lie. When you're 16, it's very different, you know. Oh, so okay. Well, it's, it's 16, 16 to like 16 to 20, you know, you do some stupid shitty things. Um, not uh, all right. Move anyway, on. that's that's neither here nor there. Um, Sin City. 
Well, I I I think I feel like I want to I want to wrap up wanted real quick. I would have liked the sequel. I would like to have seen where Wesley took it. Yeah. Um. I would like I would like to have seen what would have happened next with that. You know. Um. But it. it I it, imagine there was other portions of the fraternity in different locations. Like I would just imagine him going to different bases and what, fucking up all their bases. That's the thing that was a little unclear to me was whether if that was the case. Because you bring up a valid point, Rico. I don't know. Is that you would hope. Because you would be like Underworld. Remember how Underworld for a while you thought it was just that one and then in, in the last one you find out oh, there's this Nordic one that's been sitting here for centuries that nobody fucking knew about. You know? See, I had some confusion in, in terms of like location. Because it looks like it's New York. It's right? Chicago. It's Chicago. Okay, well that... Still goes to my point. It's Chicago. Then he fucks off to Maveria or where the fuck that is to see fucking Zod and and hang out with him. And, and yeah. And then there's that whole train sequences, which is still in presumably Eastern Europe. Yeah. And then he is unconscious. Terrence Stamp finds him, hauls him on a fucking plane, flies back to Chicago. Just to put him in the fucking house that's next door to his apartment. His apartment. Yeah. I'm like, that's a wait. What did the whole thing in Eastern Europe had to actually happen? Like, could it just been in Pittsburgh? <laughs> yes, it could have been somewhere else. I didn't. I think the the whole point was to put it where the fraternity originated. But I agree with you. It didn't need to be there. I agree. I can't. I can't argue it, with that. Yeah, it, it's just weird. Like it is. It's just just a weird and it it. it so that means they either had the fucking fastest plane or he was unconscious for days. Right. Or, yeah. Or, well, I and mean. And no one noticed, like, them just, like, like how did they get away with that on a plane? It was a head to a bit of a private plane. Yeah, it was a private they, plane. It could have been one day. It could have been a day. It could have been a day, but, like, you're telling me no one in Chicago's noticing Terrence Stamp having, like, some guys lift up James McAvoy into a house and he's just unconscious and bloody? <laughs> no, I... Like, first I, off, how the, I know he's Zod and we all kn- should kneel before him, but how the fuck did he <laughs> find uh, Wesley in that fucking wreckage to begin with? Um, If I'm really going to get... Like, if you really want me to try to nail down how that might have happened, potentially... Because, remember, he's kneeling on his... What cross who he now knows is his father, and he shoots out the window and falls on his body, like he's kind of like windsurfing on his father's body. But when they land in the water, you don't see him land; you just see him fall. You don't actually see them land. No, you, no, you do. You do. Okay. Yeah, he's he he comes in the, the his dad crashes into the water. It, it's a point POV up, so it's looking up at the. All um, oh, right, 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 yeah, yeah, breach okay. of the surface. Yep. yep. So Cross comes down, and then Wesley kind of lands next to him. Right. So what I was going to say, though, was Cross struck me as someone who would have, like, a tracker on him. Some kind of bullets. What's that? One of the bullets, Not necessarily a bullet, but just like a track, like a geo-tracker, like a way for for Zod to be like, okay, this is where his location (laughs) is. And, you know, you keep calling him Zod. I know. I love that we just call Terrence Stamp Zod. Like, we... Disregard, he has a fucking name. It's like, no, Neil before Zod. The, the, the OG Zod, by the way, because there's also uh, newer Zod. But in any event, um, but <laughs> yeah, I, that that's how I, you're, to your question about how he finds him, that would be I, my guess is how he finds him. Is something, okay something like that. 
you know. I'm okay with him finding him. I'm not okay with like the fact it was set in fucking Maveria or where the fuck that is. Um, uh, just and to, slapping him all the way to Chicago. Not not that you don't believe me, but just to, to explain why you know it's Chicago. When he's getting money out of the ATM one time, the 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 way the camera shoots, you can actually see a Chicago Cl- Cubs flag hanging from like a building. Okay. And then, more importantly, when he's looking at all the newspaper uh, things outside the office right after he hits uh, Star Lord with the keyboard, and it's saying like it's talking about what happened at the drugstore the night before or whatever. Chicago Tribune or something. Yeah, you see Chicago Tribune on one of the papers. I forget which one. Now, here's the other thing. One last thing I want to say about the movie that it did. Because in the beginning of the movie, it did something that I it did. I'm glad that they did because I hate when they do this in films where a car makes some kind of jump and lands perfectly fucking fine when you know that car's fucked. Do you know what I mean? So the fact that that Viper gets all jacked up from when she starts with it to the end of that sequence and they keep it all jacked up. It's like, all right, well, that's pretty badass. Then when they do the jump scene we talked about with the sunroof, the way he lands that Mustang should have ripped off the first, like, third of that car. Okay, I'm sorry. I have a problem with just earlier with the fact that, like, she breaks, he guns it, and doesn't, like, like, flatten her fucking whole car. Well, I mean, there's that, too. But that, that was the thing. That one I... I was okay with because, like I said, the Mythbusters at least tempted to see if that was possible. No, it's not. But, I mean, they wanted to at least see. You know? Look, no matter what, it looks cool. It does. But, see, you, you're going from, like, oh, you got to have suspension of disbelief, but. No, but there are some, like, no, there are some, like, because especially in when the car lands, and this is, this is the thing that bothers me when I, and this is not just this film. This happens in, like, the Fast and the Furious films and a couple other car films that I watch, but. Every action movie that has a car, they usually do shit like this. Yes, but the, then, then what I have to say is do a better job of editing, because when the car lands, you see the front end twist, and I mean, like, twist, like it's ripping off, right? That's what I like about the Viper thing so much. You see the back bumper get torn off and eventually fall off, because it should have. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, and then, and anyway, that it's not a huge thing. And yes, I'm all about suspension of disbelief, but I, I don't like that with cars for some reason. And it doesn't... Yeah, because it doesn't, they, they, the suspension was all fucked up in the cars. Right. So... There's your suspension um, of disbelief. There it is. Uh, Sin City is... By far, the most comic book of these films, without question. It's also the most noir. Even oh, more than question. Watchmen, if I would, uh, if I would, more than if any, I would challenge that. Yeah, and uh, wanted to a degree noir as well because there's a lot of there's a lot of Wesley it voiceover. It's not as noir as say something like Sin City, but you know. Well, Rorschach is is the most noir looking character. Like Rorschach feels like he. Should have been in Sin City in certain areas. Warshak feels like he should be Spider-Man Noir's main villain, is what he feels like. Yeah. Or just Spider-Man's villain. Yeah. But anyway. I was I was a huge fan of... I did read most of the Sin City comics. Okay, see, I haven't. But I do have... I have the book. Because I bought the special edition of the DVD when it came out. Like, I've got this big old box version, and it came yeah. with a copy of the, the comic. So I have it, but I, I'm not I, actually... I know read. that one well. I, I yeah. know the that box version. Um, I'm a fan of Frank Miller. I like what he did with Batman. I like what he did with Sin City. 
Um, I don't think he's a good director because he tried doing his own movie by himself, The Saint, and it's not very good. Oh, I love The Saint. You're talking about the one with Val Kilmer? No, 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 no. Oh. The fucking one with, um, no, not The Saint. The, the Spirit? Spirit. That's okay, the Spirit. okay. That, that, that movie sucks. Okay, that you one get, I haven't you seen. Get see, you get to see Eva Mendes' butt, but who, that's it. And here, here's a little fun fact for you. Samuel Jackson's character name is the octopus. So you do see someone fight a fucking octopus. <laughs> um, yeah, the Saints a completely different movie, and I I enjoy that movie. But I, I I I missed I fucked up. Um, but I love Sin City. I love a Dame to Kill for. I've only seen the one time. I meant to watch it today, but I got sidetracked. I I watched it again. I got to tell you first off, I I can send this up pretty quickly, Rico. So if you'll you'll indulge me real quick. Mm-hmm. There's a couple problems with it. First off, it's a prequel and a sequel at the same time. Yep. And it's a little confusing what part, like, what part's the prequel and what part's the sequel. It is a little confusing. Right. What also doesn't help is that they recast Clive Owen's character for the film. Well, th- that was that was a whole point, because they say he actually, in, in the first Sin City, they mention that he has a new face. Right, but by the end of A Dame to Kill For, he, he supposedly has that face you carry into Sin City. And it's, Clive Owen. Right, but it's not. It's Josh Brolin. No, it's Josh Brolin pre-Clive Owen. R- okay, right. But what I'm, follow what I'm saying. Okay. The face that he has at the end of, of, of Dwight's sequence in A Dame to Kill For uh-huh. is supposed to be Clive Owen. Like, they're not... They're not doing another one after that. It's supposed to be what he looks like coming in. It doesn't look like Clive Owen? No, it's fucking Josh Brolin with some prosthetics on it. it, At least give him a little more Clive Owen-esque, and he's got a really bad... Clive Owen what the fuck he wants, you know? Jesus Christ. And he's got a really bad wig on to give him the Clive Owen hair. I'm going to have to rewatch it because I could have sworn... I, th- I could have sworn they actually brought Clive Owen back, but I'm, no. again, I only saw the fun No. Time. Look, not for nothing, I love Josh Brolin, too. I love Clive Owen as, lo- uh, as well. And it's just weird casting because even their body types are very different. Yes. Like, Josh Brolin's a big dude, and he's got big arms. And Clive Owen is average. I think Clive you know, Owen's taller. If, we, if I was really to guess, I would say Clive Owen's taller, but I'm not going to split that hair with you. I'm just saying. Uh, but it's... Not to, I mean, you can go from weakling to buff and buff to, you know, lose your muscle mass, but not in that short span of time. Sure. It's just, it, I almost wish they would have just cast Clive Owen and de-aged him or, or something. Or, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm with you. Like, I felt like a Dame to Kill for was just not as good. Oh, it's I not. Also, it's not even, it, the aesthetic doesn't even work as well. Like, it feels... I don't know how they. I don't know. I don't know how they shot the film, the first one, even to get that black and white color mixture. But it feels very green screen in a Dame to Kill for. Well, it is a green screen in in Sin City, but it was at the height of Sin City. But the that's the other thing is that you could clearly tell that technology has surpassed. In the... But Sin City holds up. The original Sin City holds up. A Dame to Kill for does not. That's the point I'm no. getting at. Like, and know. I agree. I I do. I mean, for the only fucking time I saw a Dame to Kill for, I also I not would not have cast um fucking Vesper as as the Dame. 
She's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> That's really all I can say that. Yeah. But she's not who I am. Ironically enough, I would have imagined Angelina Jolie. I could see that. I actually have a casting thing I want to bring up, but I'm, we'll, we'll keep going for a minute and we'll get there because I do have a casting one I want to get your thoughts on. Um, but I, but going, going back to Vesper for a split second, seeing her naked quite a bit was not an, a bad thing. <laughs> it was not a bad thing, but it was also kind of distracting. Like, I, I, I'm not going to say, oh, I don't like looking at a beautiful woman, but it was almost too gratuitous, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, it felt like for most of Sin City, there is nudity in the first Sin City. Yes. And it is, you know, it is for men. Like, you know, but even when Carla Gugino is is naked, the whole point is when she is naked, she just got out of bed and she's a lesbian. So she doesn't really give a fuck if Marv is looking at her. Right. And then when she's naked again, it's because she's been stripped of all her clothes and she's locked in a cell. Right. Whereas in Dame to Kill For, it's just she's just fucking naked the entire fucking movie. She's naked in the pool. She's naked in bed. She's naked walking around her goddamn mansion. It's just like, fuck, dude. Like, we get why James Bond was obsessed with you, but, like, put a fucking robe on. And Jessica Alba had more clothes on than any stripper I've ever seen in my entire life, so. Well, that, that was that, actually, a, that, was, that was Jessica Alba's whole I know. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which pissed off a lot of fucking fans of Jessica Alba because they thought they were going to finally see her naked. And every time she's going to be naked in a movie, like she's quote unquote naked in machete, but she's wearing a bra and panties in the shower. Like it's a shower sequence. And Robert Rodriguez just had her shit just digitally disappeared. But it's not like you see a titty. Right. <laughs> Look, just the way you put there's it, some it also, there's some laugh. other weird casting things. Like I like Jeremy Piven, but recasting Michael Madsen with Jeremy Piven was a weird choice. As yeah. Bob. Oh, was that Bob? I didn't even realize that's who that was supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Then I agree. That's fucking weird. See, the only one, the only one that made sense to me. I mean, I maybe you could have done a better pick because I like this actor, but I don't. You had to recast Manu. And Dennis Haysbert does a great job, but you had to because, you know, Michael, Michael right, he, he passed away by that point. See, and we've talked about that in general in the past. Like, if you have to recast somebody because somebody's died, that's one thing. If you're recasting them for something else, then no. Right. <laughs> you know? Um, I don't know. I was surprised by, um, what's his name? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I thought he was good. I thought oh, he yeah. fit. yeah. I would say he's arguably the be- probably one of the best parts of a Dame to Kill for. Um, wait, Piven Piven couldn't have been Bob. He was Bob. But wait, how is Piven Bob if he's if he's partners with Christopher Maloney and Maloney kills him? Because that's pretty. Who is Maloney? Then? I don't know. Maybe Maloney's Bob. No, because he Either. kills because he kills himself. They, there's no way either of them could be Bob because they make it to the scene with Willis years later. Do you know what I'm saying? Because that's understand. part of the, that's part of the prequel shit. That's why I'm. Well, maybe they just also didn't pay attention. But I'm pretty fucking positive. Let me look up who Jeremy Piven plays. If it is Bob, then they fucked up their own continuity. That's all I'm saying. Jeremy Piven. Okay. I so... also didn't like them recasting. Um, Malo- Maloshi, the 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 samurai chick, 
Miho. Miho. That's it. Thank you. Yeah, they can't recast her for no good goddamn reason. I don't know why. I don't remember what the specifications was. Oh, no, yeah. Frank Miller's Sin City, a damn to kill for. He plays Bob. He plays a character named Bob. Maybe it's not the same Bob, because there's no uh, way. See, isn't he... He's a cop with glasses. Right, but he's he he gets shot in the eyeball. I don't know what to tell you, man. They fucked up. They just straight up fucked up. There's no other way of, of explaining it. <laughs> yeah, there was no need for Christopher Lloyd either. <laughs> Oh, I fucking don't even remember Christopher Lloyd. He plays the doctor to fix Joseph Gordon-Levitt up after he gets fucked up by his father. Plays a doc? Yeah, very basically. Uh, uh, look, I'm looking at the cast. Like, first off, first and foremost, Mickey Rourke is fucking perfect as Marv. See, no I, other actor could have played him. I disagree with you. I disagree with you. I, I think really? someone else. Yeah, I, I, I'm not saying he's not perfect, but I think someone else would have been better. And I can think. I can tell you who I think it would have been okay. without question. I think it's Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman oh. plays Merv better. Or Marv, sorry. Ron, Ron Perlman would have been a great choice, but I feel like... There... The... I haven't really woken up. Oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, <laughs> I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There's Dwight, post-face surgery. Oh, oh God, you're right. It looks more like fucking... it looks like uh, Don Johnson. I love it. Yeah, I didn't. I wouldn't have gone there, but now that you say it, yeah, he looks like Steven Seagal or Don Johnson, and it looks nothing like Clive Owen. That's the point. It looks nothing like Clive Owen. Oh fuck! I mean, if you tried to watching a Dame to Kill for it to Sin City, you'd be like, "What the fuck?" Right. Well, I. I mean, look, I love Ron Perlman. Like we talked about it on Get Vocal the other the uh, two days ago. I think Mickey Rourke was fucking perfect as Marv. Like, no, I'm not saying he was... wasn't perfect, but I, if I was going to cast anyone else in that role, would have been Ron. That's all I'm saying. Like, okay, I'll I'll agree with that. If if Mickey was unavailable, Ron Perlman for sure. I I think I I personally believe that Ron Perlman I think would have done a slightly better job. Again, I'm not saying Mickey did a bad job. I'm telling you that I personally think Ron would have done a better job. But that's not this. That's not. There are times we've we've watched stuff and been like, that guy was a bad choice. Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying that about Mickey Rourke, but I am saying I think Ron Perlman would have done better. And and to be fair, I think Josh Brolin was a bad choice for this, but not because he's just Josh Brolin, because he's a great actor. But You and I are both big Josh Brolin fans. Right. So. I think he was a bad choice for this because he looks fucking nothing like Clive Owen at all. You know, ever. Ever. And then the other, I mean, and it's the same thing with Cable. I thought Josh Brolin was a bad choice for Cable. I still think he was a bad choice for Cable. He I, did a fine job. He did a fine job with it. He 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 
did what Josh Brolin does is kicked ass, but they could have done better. Imagine they only put Josh Brolin in as Cable just to make Thanos jokes and Goody's jokes. Oh, that's the only reason. Probably, yeah. Or, or no. See, I, I, I think it's the other way around. I think it's, I think it's they did those jokes because they ca- cast Brolin, but I don't think, I don't think they went and said yeah, like, yeah, obviously they, they wrote some of the jokes later, but it was almost like Ryan Reynolds would be like, can you imagine the potential of all the fanboys freaking out that we're like have Thanos as Cable? Yeah, yeah. It it was weird. Anyway, I think Josh Brolin fits the Sin City criteria. Yes. But not as Dwight. Correct. Correct. If he was another character that hadn't been, you know, introduced, like Joseph Gordon-Levitt's Lord and Lord character, not that character, but the fact that that character didn't exist in the first one and exists in the second one, he would have been perfect. And I got to tell you, speaking about the first, going back to the first one, um, fucking Frodo was scary as fuck in that film. Wasn't he? Um, why am I blanking? Help me out here, because I feel I don't want to call him Frodo. Elijah Wood. Thank you, Elijah Wood. Fucking freaky, and didn't say a goddamn word. I don't think he has a line in the entire film. None. Yeah. None. Um, both of the both of these films have stellar cast in terms of names. You know who still continues to mystify me? Who? Benicio del Toro as yeah. Jackie. Yeah. Because it doesn't look. Or sound like Benicio del Toro? I That's dis- all prosthetic nose. I disagree. To me, it looks like him. It doesn't sound like him. I give you that, but to me, he does look let, like let, him. Let me phrase it this way: as you're watching it, you forget that Benicio doesn't look like that. Yes, like you I'll, think yeah, that's what Benicio yeah. looks like. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah. And that whole scene of of him talking to uh, Dwight, where Dwight's imagining him that he's talking to him. And he that changes his all... voice based on where his head's positioned because he's th- his throat slit. Yeah, yeah, that was all Tarantino. Tarantino came in and directed that whole segment, and he did it as a as a test to see because he was like against high def, you know, film. Mm. And Robert Rodriguez was like, "You got to try this." And <laughs> yeah, Quentin said, "Mission accomplished." Like it, it converted him to trying new newer film, but the whole. Lifting his voice up and a gruddle, gruddle, gruddle voice down here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a lot of great sequences in that, uh, in that scene. Not to mention it was Benicio's idea to pry his fingers off with his teeth of his severed hand that's holding the gun. Mm. That was all Benicio's idea. Okay. Um, I had a Benicio kick because I, I showed Steph uh, the usual suspects and he's in that and he's completely different because he's unintelligible to the point where even the cast are, the cast members and characters in the film say, what the fuck did he say? Like, <laughs> they're just like, eh, just kind of like a fast talking Marlon. <laughs> That's Benicio in the usual suspects. Just, <laughs> Good. I got another. I got another. I, now I have two impressions I can do. I can do. Benito, I can do Benito and that, and I can do Harrison Ford. Let me hear your Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> it needs some work, but it's not bad. <laughs> um, I like seeing the girl from Gilmore Girls, who I always had a crush on. Alexis Bledel. Yeah. Yeah, I've always had a crush on her. Um, look, they they did not have any shortage of beautiful women. <laughs> in these films by any means 
Um, but talented, beautiful woman too. I want to. I want to stress that because, like, the thing that you gotta, the thing, hold on. you got. I got to interrupt you for one second yeah. to see this. IMDb fucked up, and for the actress Julia Garner, who plays the character Marcy, they accidentally fucked up and have Powers Booth's face on it. Whoopsie. Well, actually, do these films can the are uh, these pages meaning um. Uh, IMDb is kind of like Wiki. You can go in and edit it. You can. No, I, I, I so think someone it was probably just a glitch did it. because I was scrolling too fast. Because oh, maybe when I see, I scrolled back and now she's fixed. Oh, okay, not, so yeah, it might have been just yeah, yeah. But, um, but next to her is Lady Gaga. Speaking of beautiful fucking women. Yeah, was she in? Was she in Sin City? Was that her in the sequel? Oh, no, 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 no. Because there's that 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 waitress that. Gordon Levitt goes and sees, and she gives him the, the dollar, and where he gets all the money again. And I was, it. She has a, she has a um, Lady Gaga look to her, so I was curious if that might have been her. That's all. Um, um, well, Lady Gaga's in a day to kill for, but I think what they were doing was they. Well, that's what I just asked you, and you said no. I'm saying is I don't remember a Dame to kill for. I know Lady Gaga's in a Dame to kill for. Oh, well, then that might be her. I'll have to check in a second. Um, but. I think they made that character as a replacement for Brittany Murphy. Which one? If you're talking about a waitress. No, this is this person literally works at a diner. It's not a waitress at the bar. That, at the, the 80s bar? Okay. Yeah, no, this is at a diner. He wanders into a diner. He's broke. And he goes, I have no money. Can I have a glass of water? Right. And she gives him the water. And then she goes, you know what? It's not going to help you much, but maybe this will help. And she gives him the dollar. And then, like, two minutes earlier in voiceover, he had said, all I need is a dollar to get back on my feet. And, right. you know, whatever. Um, but getting back to the point I was making, yes, there's a lot of beautiful women in this in these films, but I should also stress talented women. Like, there, yes. are, there are beautiful women that don't have a lick of goddamn talent. And then there are beautiful... <laughs> no, but there are. There are some out there that don't. Let's be real about that. I mean, we've seen it, but... Then in in these films, Rosario's a fucking force to be messed to be messed with. Period. And then in this film, you know these films, she's she's badass. You know, um, yeah. I, I watch it, and um, I mean, she was Rosario. I, you're right. It has got the acting chops. The she's a straight up lioness. Yeah. In the Sin City films. She's a lioness, um, period, dude. I've seen her in a bunch of stuff where she kicks ass. She may not be oh, as... Yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to her as Ahsoka. Yes. Yeah, which should be coming probably... I mean, I didn't see episode four yet, but I'm guessing it'll be the next episode or two from... Stop. I hate to ruin it for no, you. I know, I know. I'm, I, I could tell. I, I could tell just by the way this story's going. It's not four, but I know. It's but coming. I'm like, now I'm getting kind of annoyed. I'm like, motherfucker, don't save it to the last goddamn episode. Like, I need my fucking Rosario Osaka to, uh, you know, fix. I was right. The waitress that I was thinking of is Lady Gaga. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the the all these women in these films really, really are strong actresses too is what the point I was trying to get to like we're none of these women are pushovers when it comes to oh. acting none of them Brittany Murphy you know even though she wasn't around anymore when she was in the first one Alexis Bledel as we were just talking about Rosario um Alexis Bledel is probably the weakest 
female in in at least in Sin City because she's a traitor and she's a rat and blah blah. blah. But she plays the role well. That's what I'm saying. She plays like, the role. I do agree. They're all great actresses. That's what I'm getting they're, at. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not talking about the strength of the character. I'm talking about the strength of the acting performance right. of the character they were given, and they all fucking destroy the roles in the best possible way. You know. So it it even Jamie King. Who, yeah. Like, All of them. Plays Goldie and Wendy. I mean, she's great. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you watch it, you're like, I get why Marv is obsessed. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Even Miho doesn't say a goddamn word. I like the first one better. I'm not going to lie, but I mean, that's not yeah, what I'm it w- is. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm um, also, because I liked her from... Uh, she's in Fast and Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, the second one. And she... I know you joke with me about those films, but she actually plays a pretty good role in that film. Like she's she's pretty good in that in that movie. So, if I um, remember correctly, her brother is that famous DJ Steve Aoki. I wouldn't stun me based on the way she spells her last name. That it wouldn't stun I, me I at think all. I think they're not. It's not just oh Japanese last name. I think they're actually related. No, no, I, I um, follow you. I'm saying I, I wouldn't be stunned by that. You know, a Dame to Kill for like I don't know. Sin City One just has a cast that works. And then a Dame to Kill for just seems like like they're just shoving in a lot of extra people. Like you would expect to be in the first in city, but passed on it and then saw how successful it was, and then they chose the wrong one. Like Ray Liotta. Like Ray Liotta to me feels like he could have worked in Sin City One as yeah. like Rourke or something. Yeah, although although Stacy Keach it's pretty bad. Or did you mean did you mean young Rourke Jr. like the yellow guy? No, I mean just I mean he could be a part of the Rourke family. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And then they were like, oh, we're we're all Rourked out. We're just gonna put Ray Liotta, you know, in something else. Because because you got to think about the Rourkes. I mean, the the obviously you have. By the way, you're right. Her brother is that DJ. Just oh. in case you were curious, um, you know, you're you're looking at the. I mean, you got you got. I'm sorry, not not Stacey Keats. You got Powers Booth as Senator Rourke. You and Rucker Howard. And Rucker Howard. And I mean, the only one that it would fit from a needing to replace anybody would be the the son. But I think Ray would have been too old. I, to, I wouldn't have put him as a son. I mean, no, but I'm I saying that's the him. only work that I feel like you could swap out because Rucker's so good and Powers is so good that why would you want to? You know what I mean? Like that's my well, they point. they can make a fucking long lost other brother, you know, who's like blah blah blah. Sure, I'm just saying. Sure. Um, it's and I I'm glad that they brought Powers Booth back because he died not long after. Oh yeah. I, yeah, Powers Booth is dead. Let's see when he died. 2017, so a couple years later. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right, because he he died when he was filming Shield, Agents of Shield. That's right. He was because he's he's in he's in that show. Mm-hmm. First, second, he's, he's, second he's one of the one of the heads of Shield, and you know the the mystery fucking dudes on like the Skype calls. But then he then he actually comes forward in Agents of Shield, the show. He actually steps. Oh, uh, well, I, I I actually never saw it. So like, yeah, he past. actually he steps into the spotlight and becomes more. He's like the head of Hydra, actually. Oh really? They yeah. Were, oh, well. yeah. That's not surprising. Only Powers Booth could be fucking. I mean, Powers Booth was such a great underrated actor. He, yep. he there's a movie. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's called uh, Emerald Forest. I've heard of it. I've never seen it. No. He is fucking fantastic in it. It's he is a construction 
guy who runs a construction site in uh, Brazil up against the Amazon forest. So his job is basically to fuck up the Amazon forest and build condominiums. And his young son gets taken by a tribe of indigenous people. And so he spends the next like 15, 16 years trying to find his son, finds his son who's now all but forgotten him. And is just this blonde, you know, uh, indigenous kid who, you know, is becoming a man of his own way. And, it's about this father and son. He finally finds his son and his son is just like, well, you're like, you're not my father anymore. So <laughs> goodbye. And it's in powers booth. does an amazing, um, job conveying that emotion where they bond and learn from each other and how they influence each other. And I don't know. I would just recommend it. If you ever come across it, it's worth watching. Okay. Um, we have a, couple more we covered least... we covered the main five that we said we were gonna do so i know you wanted to touch on lxg and constantine a bit so let's let's do that i mean lxg not so much because it's kind of unanimous that it's a guilty pleasure type of movie like it's not a good movie it's 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 entertaining as hell but it's not like a work of art it's not even a faithful oh. work of art yeah, I don't. I, I didn't read the book, so I don't know how accurate it is. It's so like fucked up. Like, is it? I'll, I'll give you just one little thing, which, as a film goer, kind of fucks with me. Sure. Mina Harker is not a vampire in the in the in the comic. She's there's scars. She was bitten by by a vampire, or a, uh, implying she was bitten by Dracula, but she doesn't become a vampire. Okay. Also, she's the head of the. A League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. She's the one who controls the whole fucking thing. Instead so they of, rewrote a whole bunch of shit. It wasn't Moriarty. Well, and even then, I wouldn't say Moriarty. Yeah, I know Moriarty is the one that brings them together, M, if you will, because you don't know it's Moriarty to begin with. Um, but I would, I would argue that the head of the league is Quartermain on in the yeah. movie, which yeah, he is, but he's not. In the, well, yeah, in the but comic. you you know they're not going to give Sean Connery a role and say, okay, you're secondary to. Harker, like I, 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 not arguing that they should have stuck to the thing, but you know that wasn't going to happen, you know. Oh, and and Sean got not along with uh, the director. I can't remember his fucking name. The guy who did, uh, I'll get it. I think he did the the Mummy movie, and they like that director flat out just like never worked on a movie. Like as of twenty nineteen or twenty twenty, he's never worked on a single film since then. Steven not Noring- directed him. Stephen Norrington was a director. Yeah. And he is not... I'm thinking of Stephen Summers, uh, who did uh, Mummy. But even still, Norrington did not fucking make another movie after League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Neither did uh, Sean Connery. So that's well, my point. Is- here's the interesting thing about Norrington, though, right? You, you don't like LXG, and that's all good and fine. That's what it is. He is the director of Blade. I know that. I knew that. Uh, One of four movies. He's only directed four movies, period. Death Machine, which I've never heard of, Blade, The Last Minute, and LXG. I'm really glad he did Blade before fucking LXG, because if if he was ready to, you know. But that's my point, is that Sean Connery and Norrington both quit their careers during this movie, because they did well, not get along. Not exactly, because Norrington, it's been a couple of years, but he he's still working in special effects. 
He's still working. Well, it, that may be true, but he's flat out said he would never direct another film after his ex- after his experience with Alex G, dealing with studio interference, dealing with you know Sean Connery's kind of prima donna bullshit. Yeah, I could see him not. Yeah, the last thing he's done. Period. If I'm reading this right, was there was a movie called Harbinger Down. Never heard of it. And he did. Uh, he was on the ADI and design and sculpture crew. Well, I mean, he's got. He's probably got bills to pay. He's not going to just say fuck Hollywood. But like, well, I, that's the last thing he did. Now it's five years ago. So, well, maybe he did say fuck Hollywood. Yeah, that's what I was about to get to. Um, but yeah, that's the film. The film, though, like you said, it's is it a great piece of art? No, and I'm not going to try to sit here and argue that it is or give you some kind of, you know, argument that it is. But it is a fun film, like you said. I I like I and despite the fact that they might have changed who was running things and whatever, I like the interaction between all the different characters with the different powers. Like I like I like the way um Al- Quartermain's kind of mentoring the American, you know. I'm sorry. Tom thank you. And then but even more so the way that Captain Nemo and and Quartermain interact like Nemo. Nemo thought, might be the best part of that movie. I have to agree. I yeah. really have to agree. Yeah. Um. You know, they never touched on the fact that uh, Mina, as a vampire, is walking around during the fucking daylight. They just don't explain that. Yeah, that's you. You're not wrong. Yeah. Like, true. It's fucking bizarre to implement that whole sequence. It was almost like they were like, we filmed a bunch of shit of her outside and then halfway through filming, like, we have an idea. What if we made her a vampire? And they just filmed all that shit and didn't look back at the previous dailies. Well, here's the other thing you have to do with that, right? Is the reason they made her a vampire, I think, was because, you know, and again, spoilers, people, but the concept of the film is that Moriarty's trying to get little pieces of all their powers and you can't, you already have one person without powers, really two, in Quartermain and Sawyer. And you could even argue that Quartermain has powers, but Sawyer certainly doesn't, you know. what a, What's Quartermain's power? A beard? No, but apparently, I mean, like, I don't know what it would be called, but, I mean, the fact that the hand comes through the dirt, like, this is he's basically immortal it to some degree. This hand doesn't come through the dirt. And grabs the gun. Uh-huh. After the after the witch doctor, not on the version I saw, it cuts right before the implication that's going to happen on the one that I saw. Um, but I, at no point does it reach through. It might be. You might yeah. be right. What we're supposed to see, like we're we're watching, and we're like, oh, his his fucking fist is going to go through that grave. He's going to be carrying. No, it didn't happen. I think it was just kind of a switcheroo. Um, it would be more crazy now more than ever if Sean Connery actually did do that. <laughs> Connery just pops up on the Oscars this year. I'm back. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Wait a minute. I've heard that before. That's the note Jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade. How'd you even know that? Because it's from Geico. Yeah, yeah, wait, here it is. Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years because we help save people money. So wait, you're saying Jeremy copied you? Yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. You coming to bed, hon? Yep. Honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! 
Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. P- please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um. I have some shit I'd like to say. Fuck all of you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have to say, like, I, I, I try not to be critical of movies that were made in, you know, a certain time and looking back at the CGI on them. Um, whoever did the fucking CGI on that giant uh, hulked out version of, of um, Hyde, Hyde, but not Hyde, the bigger fucking yeah, 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 Hyde, the, the guy who, when he drinks Hyde. the whole thing, he's like, oh, not the whole thing. Yeah. I don't know who the fuck decided that fucking face because that was awful. That was some of the worst CGI I've seen. No, it's bad. I agree. It's that was really bad. bad. Yeah, it is bad. Because they made Hyde look fucking cool. Like, you know. And well, because he doesn't need. Yeah. They, they, yeah. Well, because they didn't have to. Because basically the guy that drinks the whole thing turns into abomination. If you want to use an equivalent. He's like abomination yeah. and Hyde's Hulk. You know. This movie really is just the sort of steampunk Avengers. If you really want to kind of break it down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or 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 a weak version of Justice League Dark, if you want to maybe sure. go that way. That's another way to go, you know. <laughs> we, ha- I have an army. We have a hide. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Do you I know, uh... also have to say, at no point did Stuart Townsend impress me. I don't think he's a particularly good actor. No, he's think... he's not. But Dorian Gray as a whole is not a a very intriguing character. I don't think. I think the I think the liter- the actual source is an interesting character. I think Stuart Townsend kind of fucked it up. He he was just he just stood there to be kind of whimsical and look pretty, as far as I'm concerned. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, you want more proof? Rewatch Queen of the Damned. Oh, what you did? Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Which uh, brings me to Constantine. Not for nothing. I I like. Uh, I like Keanu Reeves now. I think, you know, the, what, what do we call it? The keanu is yep. fucking great. Yeah. And John Wick is, is an amazing fucking franchise and he's good in it. Can't wait for Cyberpunk 2077. The game that he, I, 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 I can't, can't wait for whatever wait. role he decides to play in Marvel or DC or Star Wars. Oh, it's going to be so offering good. Them, yeah. Keep offering them all three. Yeah. Um, not for nothing. Constantine's a decent flick. I prefer my John Constantine kind of British and snarky, and, and I think Keanu is not the choice I would have gone. That being said, if they're going to make a sequel, I'd love to see a sequel. As far as I know, they are, and, they, and I think they've locked him in for it. Which, if I had a choice, I'd like them to reboot the whole thing and go British and, and, and snarky and everything. But I, I agree, yeah. But, like, let's I don't not know, even, Let's I'm, not even beat around the bush. Don't get British and snarky. Fucking Matt Matt Ryan. Yeah. Fucking yeah, cast uh, Matt you know, Ryan. Absolutely. He, he was pitch perfect as the fucking, as John Constantine. That being said, see, I like a good devil movie. Like where the devil, where Satan is actually featured. He's not just horns and big and red and, and in hell. Like I like a fucking, like, like a Pacino in well, The Devil's I, Advocate. You know, we get back to the films where we first see somebody for the first time or whatever, right? That's my first exposure to the Sorcerer Supreme. 
Tilda Swinton. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, I couldn't think of her name, so that's why I went that way. But like they, the female David Bowie. Yeah, but I mean, I'm saying like when I saw Doctor Strange for the first time, I was I was like, that's the chick from Constantine. Like, mm-hmm. you know. So anyway. No, you're. you're I mean. Again, it had been a very long time since I'd seen Constantine, so I had completely forgotten that Tilda Swinton. I thought it was Kate Blanchett when I first saw it. I could see that. They, 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 they are similar in how they look, and they're both British, I believe. So, yeah. Um, no, uh, Kate is Australian, I believe. Okay, but I mean, with all respect don't, to Jay, don't, don't yeah. say it. Don't fucking say it, motherfucker. <laughs> Love you, Jay. off the Brits and the Aussies, goddamn. In the it, same do goddamn sentence, of, yeah. <laughs> as all of our fucking fans, right there. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, but Peter Stormare, who plays Lucifer, is fucking great as Lucifer in in Constantine. I mean, he's kind of like he's kind of Liberace esque, like he's kind of theatrical, and he does his little kind of clap, like like a kind of like weird. But it works. Like, I had read that they really originally wanted to make Lucifer decked out in, like, leather pants and, and like, a stud collar and have tattoos on his face and shit. I think Peter Stormari's white, off-white suit and, like, how oil or, like, tar is on his feet and shit. Like, he's just classical and, and he's, he's a variation of Gabriel Byrne or Pacino in a suit as the devil. Yeah, no, he he did a good job. I I I am with you. I like that interpretation. The other thing I liked um, was Digimon Hansu as the like the medicine man, for lack of a better phrase. I don't know how else you would describe him. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Papa Midnight. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was kind of he's the neutral. He's the Switzerland. He's the right, but he had the powers and he shoves a light bulb into Constantine's chest and that whole thing. Like it was just an interesting thing. But I want to I want to read this to you real quick. Now I don't have. I want to stress to you and the audience that this I don't have a source of on where this comes from. I'm reading it off IMDb, but there's okay. not like a thing to say who who said this right or who wrote this. It's under the FAQs, and it says, Will Keanu reprive his role as John Constantine for a sequel? Some sources say yes, some say no. Keanu has not flat out said no. He has just said he doesn't see it happening. The producer of the first film said yes to an to a, a interview in 2006. Keanu made that statement in 2008, but I think with how bad the day, the day the Earth stood still remake was, he should probably be scrambling for work. See, this has well, to be this old is... because John Wick, fucking, like you said, Keanu the Keanu side, Thank you, you beat me to it. Yeah, I mean, fucking John Wick and Matrix Four and Bill and Ted Three, which I still haven't seen, but I'm assuming it's it's, it's okay. I mean, I okay. think I mean, look, I think it's still better than Bogus Journey, but that's you know, look. We are going to be honest. We don't think Keanu is a great actor. We think he's the nicest fucking guy, and he's entertaining in his films. But he, if someone said, I've got a DVD of Keanu Reeves doing Shakespeare, I would say, how drunk are we going to get? 
watch this fucking weirdness. Right, but there are, but there are, but see, you say he's not a great actor, and, and I, I have to disagree. And, I, and I'm not just talking about Keanu, I'm talking in general. I think we say that statement a little too flippantly sometimes because there are actors that are made to play certain kinds of roles. And in those roles, they're great actors. But, in, but to your point, and I, and I agree with you, I don't want to see Keanu do Shakespeare. Do you know what I mean? But I, but I do want to see him do Neo. I do want to see him do John Wick. I do want to see. I do want to see him as the lawyer in The Devil's Advocate. I thought he kicked ass in that role. I thought he was pretty good. You know what I mean? Um, let me let me let me put it this way: No one is watching a Jackie Chan film to see Jackie Chan as an actor because Jackie Chan is not a great actor. No, but. Yes, I mean I I don't disagree, but do you understand what I'm getting at? Like sometimes yeah. we say someone's not a good actor; they are good actors for the roles that they get. Do you know what I'm saying? Sometimes. Yes, yeah, sometimes. I think yeah. As Neo, Keanu is fine. Right, and as as the guy in Dracula, he was terrible. I agree, but that's what I'm saying. I, yeah. I think, but I also think he has not tried hard enough to try different things. What makes a great actor is trying new things and and and. Okay. Covering your bases and, and learning to, to take roles that are difficult. Well, I and mean, trying to improve. I would say, no. and I think Dracula scared him. I think he got a lot of bad press and a lot of bad publicity, kind of rightfully so. But I would also, just, well, yeah, but he also got to figure what he was pigeonholed into prior to that. It was fucking Point Break and fucking uh, Bill and Ted at that point. You know what I mean? Like, so he was probably trying to get into more serious, and that's how he gets to Devil's Advocate, which I actually think he's good in. I don't know if you agree. I think, I, I think he and Pacino go well with each other. Um, you know, I look at John Wick, and I like all three of them, but I, I also kind of view—I kind of view John Wick, the franchise, as the most like tongue-in-cheek franchise to make fun of other Keanu Reeves movies. Like they're constantly re they're constantly bringing out his old cast members. Fucking Morpheus. Love Lawrence fucking, Fishburne. Yeah. Lawrence Fishburne and uh Peter Stormari is in I think John Wick Two. He's the opening scene of John Wick Two. I think he plays the brother of the See, I I again I mean I mean I'm not trying to just di- divert the thing but I, I, I've always liked him. like Johnny Mnemonic's one of my favorite guilty pleasures. Is it a great film? No. I still don't understand it. It, 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 and it's a, it, it. You know what it is? Because I know you've seen this. It's Lawnmower Man without the horror fa- factor. Okay. That's basically Johnny Mnemonic. I, I'm waiting for John Wick 4 to be have both Alex Winter and, and Al Pacino just show up. Like or Rachel Vice, who actually was pretty damn good in Constantine. I'm not no, gonna lie. You, you, no, no, she was. You know what? You know what you do? No, no, no. You go full circle and get fucking Gary Oldman. The... You go even fuller circle. You get someone watching George Carlin in the background. Gary Busey. Oh God, I, 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 I could live without ever seeing another Gary Busey thing. Or you somehow dig up Patrick Swayze. <laughs> oh, stop. Ah. Uh... Okay. Um, oh, come on. Point Break's fantastic. I, 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 um, I'm trying to think of who else would fucking go great with like a John Wick thing. How about, just... we go, how about we talk about someone who was actually in the film that actually wasn't terrible, and that's Shia. Shia was not bad in his film. I didn't, I didn't say Shia I didn't, was bad. I didn't say you did. I'm just ta- making a statement. 
You know? it all, but it almost seemed like the implication that I was going to be like, you know who's awful is Shia. No, no, but but I think I think now because of some of the like the do it and stuff that he's done, that it's immediately you say Shia LaBeouf and people are like, oh God. And I'm not talking about you. I'm talking in general. You know, <laughs> you know. I think Shia was fine because Shia was perfect in that in that era, yes. mid early two thousands. We need a wisecracking fucking young man who can act. You get Shia LaBeouf. I, you know, I, I haven't seen it, but I, I'm looking up the name of the film now, and I'm, I think it might just be called Tank. But he does a movie where no Fury. I hear oh. he's really good in Fury. I heard he went crazy on Fury. But I heard he was I heard, good in the role. Like I heard he was good in the role, but I also heard that he went like Jared Leto method. Yeah, I like can see that. he didn't bathe for months at a time. Yeah, well, he also <laughs> ripped out his own tooth in front of, like, the crew and cast, and then he took a knife and scarred up his own face. Like, the scar you see in the movie is, like, him actually cutting his own fucking face. All right. Like, so and then he little, said, so I went full-on Christian. So he's a little eccentric. All right. I mean... Um, I think drugs uh, is a huge contributing factor. He also claimed that he fucked up Tom Hardy in a wrestling match. Like, he threw Tom Hardy down a flight of stairs. Yeah, I'm I don't like, buy that. That's that what I'm saying. Like, you know what else I liked him in? I actually liked him in Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps, a sequel to Wall Street. I like Shia LaBeouf in the movie Holes. Like, I think he's, I think... I've never saw that one. Holes is fucking great. Um, he also plays John McEnroe. In a movie, huh. anyway. Yeah, oh, I also I, I a movie that came out recently. Uh, Borg. Well, it's three years ago at this point, but it's called Borg versus McEnroe. Um, yep. and I the other one I'll say about him real quick is I heard that the Peanut Butter Falcon is really good. That's the one about the 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 kid with Down syndrome that he yeah. works with, and I hear he's really good in that too. So I've also heard that because Shia made a fucking movie more or less about his own life, like he wrote the screenplay, and it's based on his father and himself. And I think it's called uh, honey boy. And I've heard that's supposed to be stellar. Um, I see, Ameri- basically- I see something called American honey. Is that possibly it? Something called something boy, something. I don't remember. What the yeah. It's certainly called. not honey. Cause honey's about a teenage girl. So it's not, no, it's not that honey. it's, it's, Oh, honey boy. Here we are. 2019. Yep. There we go. Sorry. And he plays his father. He like wrote the whole thing about his, him and his father and how his father, influenced him in life as fathers usually do, but also was like addicted to drugs and forced him to become a young actor to help like put food on the table. Mm. And, and that's kind of the whole. And so Shia plays his dad essentially. And he also cast someone to play young him, which is weird. Uh, Lucas Hodges and Noah Jupe, I guess how you would say it or Yupe. I don't know how you say that, but I don't know. Uh, it's Laura Sanjay Como and Natasha Leone are in this as well. Those are the names that I recognize. Nice. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, going back to Constantine, like I think it's fine. I think it's. I think it has a very interesting story, and I think I'd love to see the the problem I have with Constantine. So I'll put it this way: my first exposure to Constantine, the character, period, was. Mm-hmm. Constantine, the Keanu movie, right. the movie we're talking about. So I knew nothing 
as a point of reference. Uh-huh. Right? And then I see Matt Ryan. I didn't watch the show, which I wanted to, and then it was one of those shows that, like, it did so badly they pulled it off air before I could watch it, you know? Right. But I saw him on, because they brought that character over to Arrow, and then they ultimately put him in the in the Legends of Tomorrow. And then I've seen Justice League Dark, the animated film, which if you haven't seen that, I do recommend it. And I'm, it it it's it's legit what it is. It's a Justice League of like those types of characters, and 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 um, Constantine's basically the the Superman or the Batman. I'm not sure which one you would really, put, but he's in that of the of that Justice League Le- leader faction. Yeah, he's definitely in that in that grouping, and and you know, rightly so. Matt Ryan voices him. They brought Matt mm. Ryan, yeah, and so I got a, a a broader idea of what that character is supposed to be, mm-hmm. and it's made me. While I still enjoy Constantine the film, I don't appreciate it as much as I used to, because now I. I have such a vision for what Constantine is supposed to be. Right. You know, it's just like it's like when we get into these arguments about Batman, and I'm not I'm not I'm not asking us to get back into those debates. But the point is that, like, no, but we we have so many points of reference with Batman that we can argue whether or not Bale or Keaton or Affleck or whoever is the best one because we have these different points of reference. Constantine being a more obscure character, you don't have those points of reference, so that when you f- see something then the only thing you really have outside of the book is that film with Keanu you're like all right mm-hmm. well that's the character and then yeah. and then you get an advanced deep dive into who Constantine is and you're like oh <laughs> you know what i mean like i don't know that's just where i i, I agree i do agree i just think i i agree with you i think making constantine american and setting it in los angeles was Look, they put it in Los Angeles for the sole purpose of City of Angels. That's the only reason. Ah, uh, okay, it makes sense. Yeah, you know, I, I, I would, I could still see it being in Los Angeles, but have it be British. Like, yeah, I mean, have, you could, you could try do that. And pull the fucking, you know, British accent because it ain't gonna happen. <laughs> um, uh, is there anything else we want to kind of get into on these? Or I, I feel like we've covered them pretty well. I think I think I I think uh, if I can end it, the final note, the more the merrier. Wait, what, CJ? You want me to say what? You want me to keep talking after we were talking for how many goddamn hours? Let's leave these poor people alone, okay? Fine. CJ wants me to do a proper closing, but I'm not going to say the same shit that he's always said for every goddamn other episode. If you don't like it, you can blame his ass. Listen to us on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your podcast. Or you could simply Google us. Though, if you're listening to this message, you probably did do that. Please don't forget to rate and comment. Seriously, we're not just saying that because we want to. We need your acceptance. If you want to agree with or yell at us, especially CJ, follow him and me and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew. I am at Rance Rico. And CJ is at M underscore blade. Don't ask me why. I still don't know. Some secrets are best left alone. We want to thank Logo Mike for our logo. That's why we call him Logo Mike. If you want or need some good art, hit him up at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80 
at gmail.com. It's worth it. You can help a starving artist today. We got to give a big sloppy thank you to Samuel Evans for all the original music on the show, especially our theme music. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons and his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Samuel dash lemons. When life gives you Sam lemons, you better pucker up. And finally, we have to thank all of you. Well, we don't have to, we want to, it really does mean a lot to CJ and I, that you guys have prioritized your time listening to us. We really, really appreciate it. Now, since I still have your attention, I think you have all been missing one of the best parts of every episode. The damn it. So therefore, you all have to listen to the damn it. Think of it as a MCU bonus credit scene. There, that fucking better? Honey, you seem to understand. I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me! Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired their personal trainer as a caterer. All right, folks, let's keep this line moving. You there with the tongs. Picking up one Dutch's potato at a time will not cut it at my catering table. Drop and give me 50. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Okay, this is what we call the wild mushroom and asparagus dip, dip, and press. Come on, let's get those plates above your heads. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today.